I hated this show so much. I was so angry the entire time. This show is not good. You should watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I do like bad anime. Welcome to Antifiles, episode 46, the show where we beat up thugs to preserve the sanctity of the sumo dojo. I am your host who, uh, tripped and fell into a cryostasis chamber and woke up, uh, 30 so years in the future, uh, Ryan. With us today we have my father, who doesn't know how to express his affection to me, so I always misconstrue it as him being disappointed in me. Uh, Chris, you did well. (laughs) (laughs) We have uh, my little daughter, who is definitely 100% guaranteed not a psychotic hallucination, Dean. I am definitely not a psychotic hallucination. And a super special guest, the evil CEO who's plotting to kill us all and take over the podcast, Libby. Oh, shit, you outed me immediately. (laughs) (laughs) And we're here to talk about some anime, but first we have have a special teaser trailer announcement thingy for you. The teaser. The teaser. Shit, I started it at the wrong spot. Feels bad. (laughs) (laughs) OBS. (laughs) I'm looking at Ryan's face as he tries to get this working. <laughs> it is, it's wonderful. <laughs> That's right. Your favorite Annie Files co-hosts are uh, coming to smash. <laughs> Uh, Man, if I no, if I had not. known that we were going to do that little bit, I would have like come up with fun like Dean verbs somehow. I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Smashes into smash of something. I want to be the Opi Dragon. I just want to be the Opi Dragon in Smash. That's all I want. <laughs> so we are uh, we are not sponsored by Smash Bros, but it's a very good game. I've played it 
little bit over the last couple of days. And uh, yes, uh, we are, however, a subsidiary of Giga. We are not a subsidiary of Giga. Um, yeah, we... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have uh, some anime to talk about today, but first, Dean, would you like to press the button? So that all of our listeners know how we rate our shows. I mean, like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Here's how the Antifiles rating system works. Our hosts and guests have watched the first episode of the shows we're talking about today. Based on only that first episode, we'll answer five yes or no questions. Did the premise interest you? Did the production impress you? Did the storytelling impress you? Did you enjoy the first episode? Did the first episode make you interested to see more? The way we interpret the word impress can make the Andy Files rating system tougher than some. Being decent or merely good won't be enough to stand out, and some of us may have higher standards than others. Each question answered yes earns the show one point, adding up to a total between zero and five per host. All of our scores are then combined to derive a cumulative score between zero and 100%, letting you know at a glance if we collectively liked the show. And now, let's get to our first show. All right, first show. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. Everybody danced. I think. That's, like, my favorite part of doing these is just, like, doing the stupidest dance that I can possibly think of to that intro. Because it's so groovy, and I absolutely can't dance, so might as well ham it up. Uh, Chris, you want to tell us about our first show, That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime? It was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah, so uh, That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime uh, is a show about a dude who I guess is, like, what, he's 35 something like that um yeah, yeah. he's like, like 35 37 he's yeah. in his he's in his mid to late 30s yeah, yeah. he's approaching midlife mm-hmm. and um as we find out very quickly he is uh still a virgin um he uh gets asked by a friend of his a co-worker of his to uh you know meet him someplace and he wants to basically introduce him to i guess his fiance or something <sighs> girlfriend fiance i think it was um, and he's like, um, well, I don't know why you came to me for relationship advice, but it's like he wasn't really looking for advice. He just wanted to like introduce him or whatever. Um, anyhow, uh, a guy with a knife comes sprinting down the street. Um, and so he uh, dives in front of his uh, Kohai and uh, ends up getting stabbed. Um, and so as he's laying there bleeding out, um, all these thoughts are running through his head. Um, like, oh man, it's so cold and, you know, all these other things. And each time he sort of says something that's making him uncomfortable or I wish I wasn't, you know, why do I have to get stabbed? I wish knives weren't a thing that could hurt me. Um, all these new, um, immunities keep sort of popping up on the screen. <laughs> that's not quite what he said, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Um, so like the, we sort of cut to this like interface thing. It actually looks really cool. This kind of computer interface that's like. Uh, okay, understood. Um, you know, uh, uh, resistance to physical attacks obtained. Resistance to electricity obtained. Uh, resistance to cold obtained. And I guess all these things, like all these resistances that sort of come together, uh, end up meaning that the one being that has all these characteristics is a slime. Um, when he eventually dies, he sort of like goes through this weird space 
thing and basically it's the process of him being reincarnated he wakes up and discovers that he is indeed a slime uh and so he takes a little while to kind of get used to his body figure out what it's capable of um coming to grips with plants his his new sliminess um he uh apparently has like some i don't know business sense or something because he eventually figures out that oh hey like in, in talking with the weird computer interface that i guess he can hear um he figures out that one of his abilities is to like absorb something and then convert it into items or refined versions of whatever. So he starts making a bunch of different potions. Um, and eventually he comes across a, uh, dragon. He doesn't know it's a dragon right away, uh, in this cave because <clears throat> he can't see anything. And the dragon's like, okay, so I'm going to give you this ability called magical sense. We'll let you see the world around you. Um, but you have to promise me before I do that you will, uh, first not fear me and two, you will, uh, come back to visit. Um, he's like, okay, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, and so he figures out that, oh, crap, you're a dragon. But okay, I said I'll hang out and, you know, we can kind of chill for a little bit. And so there's this uh, exchange between the dragon and the slime where the dragon's like being Sundere. And it was kind of funny. Um, and uh, stuff happens. And the uh, dragon that's... also explained why he's trapped in a cave, which is mm-hmm. because he accidentally a whole village. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they sealed him away. Um, and the slime's like, I cool. Um, and so they hang out for a little while. And yeah, that's uh, did they I forget what they agreed to at the very end. Was it that like the slime was going to help the dragon get free or that the dragon's going to help the slime do something else? Just talk to him. Just, just the him. dragon's just bored and wants mm-hmm. company. That's all it is. And <laughs> it's actually not a bad setup <laughs> for that kind of relationship. <laughs> it's quirky and fun. Um, Very Sundari dragon. But yeah, he... Uh, oh, uh, he also asked his friend as he was dying to destroy his computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just like... That happened. And I need to go to my apartment the- and... T- fry my entire hard drive <laughs> like, i need you to fill the yeah, basket with water our, and drop my computer in there yeah. our our mc is like i need you to take the hard drive out and drop it in water and make sure it's all erased <clears throat> and so the scene we get at the very end of the episode it's like the perfect scene to end on is uh the kohai just dropping the entire computer, the the tower, tower the monitor. monitor. How the hell is how the hell is he carrying both of these? That shit's heavy. Yeah, uh, they're plugged in to power as he drops them into the bathtub, <laughs> and they're also running my favorite operating system, Microsoft Doors. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft Doors. I missed that the first time. I actually rewatched this. Um, so I watched the first episode back when it aired or something. Uh, so I rewatched the first back. episode it was, again. It was close to the beginning of the season. Just so I remembered what happened. And yeah, I, I had missed that the first time I watched it. Uh, my favorite joke in this entire show is as he's dying at the beginning, he's like, they say if you get to, if you're a, still a virgin at 30, you become a sage. If I'm almost 40 now, does that mean I'm a great sage? <laughs> so that's how, that's how he gets his uh, great magical, sage yeah. ability, which is the the thing that talks to him and gives him information about I the world. I don't know if this has been done in an isekai before, but... Dying building your character sheet? Like, is that a thing that's been done before in an isekai? I'm not aware of it. Um, the, the isekai definitely had to, like, clever. you die and you talk to God or something, and then, like, whatever wish you make kind of, like, turns into, like, right. what ends up happening. Kind of but... the classic Konosuba mm-hmm. situation. 
Um, but but in this, like, I, I love the fact that like all these complaints that he's making as he slowly bleeds out on the street are the complaints that are building his character sheet for mm-hmm. the afterlife. Yeah. I thought I thought that was really really clever. Actually, it's a mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing for an isekai to do. Um, also to have a character, a main character who's not reincarnated as a vending um, machine. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was going to say to have a main character who's not reincarnated as a an an adolescent uh heroic person who goes and joins a guild and all this other shit like to have it have a character reincarnated as a slime I think is probably an especially since the slime is a classic RPG like just a just a, a green goo that mm-hmm. attacks you this level um, 1 enemy exactly I yeah. thought that was a great, great uh, choice. Aside from that, this is basically just every other isekai. <laughs> well, yeah. I something I really liked was that I definitely felt the uh, building the character sheet thing. That was uh, I definitely caught that as it was happening. I was just like, "Oh man, like this is kind of starting to feel like an RPG." And then whenever he was the slime, I felt like a lot of it was kind of like a self-conversation that you have when you start playing a, an open-world video game that's just like it's just like oh man let's see what happens when i do this or i'm gonna eat this and see if i die and it's just um i just kept laughing to myself the whole time because i was just like man i've had this conversation you know not as a slime obviously but i've had this conversation with myself getting into an open world game you know opening up the, like opening up the thing and like looking like mousing over your passive abilities to see what they do and, yeah. yeah 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 i think um one of the things that jumped out to me as i was watching it is um i didn't mind it so much because i thought the show was kind of clever and the writing was solid and um all this but it felt very uh slow paced to me um not very much happens in episode one and um like again while there's some interest there i just kind of felt like they could have picked up the pace a little bit um gone us like i I think we probably could have gotten what we had in half the time um a little bit of time on soon that i i feel like the pace definitely like went to a crawl when he started talking to the dragon like the, the conversation was pretty funny, but then it started to just be like, okay, like, we get it. It's a dragon and a slime. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, am actually current on this show. I just watched episode 10 last night. Oh, yeah? And uh, a couple weeks ago, I picked up all the light novels that had been translated to English, and episode 10 started on light novel two which is really friggin slow Mm. that is slow and it's a solid series the writing is pretty good throughout they do interesting things um our mc slime guy is overpowered but not necessarily in combat ways and uh so there's some interesting stuff that happens around that that's um, one of the things that you but, notice as his stats are being built is he has he's really heavy on defensive passives and very light on combat. Mm-hmm. Now, Ryan, you might be able to answer this too. I think because um, they played the OP at the very end of the episode, 
Um, which I think was probably a smart move because if you were looking at just what happens at the end, there's not really much of a hook as to like, okay, here's the adventure about to set out on. I think they might've just like kind of implied like, Hey, cool. I'm about to, this is the beginning of my adventure in this new world and this new form. Um, but like, we don't really know what that means. And so we don't really have, it, it just kind of sounds like the only intriguing factor is the fact that it's a slime and it's meta dragon and now it's starting a new life. And so if you're intrigued by slime life, the life of a slime, then like that's the thing that's going to keep you going. But otherwise, there's not really much. And so the OP kind of suggested more action and stuff like that. Um, which brings me back to my question. It looked like slime might have a human form, or is that just kind of like an ally that we see him with a lot? Slime gets a human form in episode nine. Oh, wow. That's uh, a long time to wait. <laughs> Um, is it, it um, okay? This... I, I I just I don't I I'm, I hate Isaka. Hate him. <laughs> um, another thing I was going to ask actually, because you mentioned that um, it's not till episode ten that we get to light novel two. Just as a benchmark, what would you say is kind of the typical light novel to anime episode conversion rate in most shows? Uh, it really varies. I think Log Horizon averages one book per six episodes, mm. if I'm recalling correctly. Um, it's been quite a while since I watched Log Horizon, so that one's not entirely accurate. Uh, let's see here. Is it wrong to try and pick up girls in a dungeon in yes. 12... Uh, sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 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 No, the answer is no. Um, <laughs> that's the that's your that's your that's the show where your best girl is, right? Uh, yes. The chick who wears the green, the elf. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, continue. <laughs> um, uh, so the the light novels for Dan Machi are shorter. So this isn't a super great benchmark, but I think. They get through four and a half light novels in 12 episodes. Okay. Um, And the interesting thing about that is, like, light novel four, the entire book, is adapted in a single episode. Hmm. Yeah, Um, it can be as low as, like, two or three or as high as, like, six or seven, depending on what arcs they really want to bear focus on. Yeah, so I would... I think probably... A book per six episodes is about what you want to shoot for. I don't know that slime needed to be sped up a whole lot, Mm -hmm. but it needed to be sped up a little bit. Yeah. There also might be just a ton of events that are just kind of like, I I, I haven't read the light novel, so it could be that that light novel is very condensed. It could be that, like, shit happens really, really fast in the light novel. And so they were like, this is no... space it out. We can't just throw this shit at viewers in an anime. It has to be a little slower. So they may have slowed <laughs> no, it down. They no, definitely, they definitely could have gone at a much faster pace with it. So book one is about... Um, uh, Rimuru is our main character. He gets a name in episode two. Um, and naming monsters in this world is important and increases their power. Hmm. So it's important that he gets a name. Uh, Rimuru, uh, in book one, 
meets a bunch of goblins who were under attack by a pack of dire wolves. Goblins, of course, are very weak, and dire wolves are not. And he saves the goblin village from the dire wolves. The dire wolves become loyal to him, and he's like, hmm, maybe I'll start building a village. So book one is basically just him setting up this goblin village, uh, kind of exploring the area around a little bit. Um, There's kind of a more overarching plot, which isn't really important or interesting that happens that gives you a break from like uh sim city alternate world edition <laughs> i was gonna say what you're just describing <laughs> kind of reminded me like because a little bit of a minecraft feel it's kind of like okay here mm-hmm. i am in this world what do i want to do with it uh i guess we'll try building a goblin village then we'll go from there <laughs> well, uh, the one thing so. that you need in every goblin village is is unfettered sexual assault if goblin slayers to be believed (laughs) (laughs) so there has to be a ton of that in the show right ryan (laughs) i know it depends on how the goblins reproduce in this world oh that's true (laughs) uh actually actually they do a really interesting thing with reproduction um Fucking? Is it called fucking? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, actually, it is. Uh, However, when uh, the the actual reproduction system is really complicated, and so the part that's relevant that I want to touch on and ignore the rest is that when you have offspring, it takes some of your magic magicules or your magic force from your body. And uh, there's no guarantee that you can actually restore or regenerate those. Hmm. So, oh, so it's, it's just like real life, where children slowly drain your life force. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so there's actually some risk involved in having children. So like real races, races like <laughs> goblins who don't live long, their <laughs> cost for reproducing is really low, so they reproduce a lot. Uh, however, minor spoilers for, like, episode three of the anime or, like, uh, page five of the book or something. Uh, Rimuru names every single goblin in the village, and so they level up to hobgoblins, which are more powerful, so their cost of reproducing is higher, and they live longer, and so they reproduce less often. Hmm. And all of the species in this world have a kind of dynamic like that. As far as, like, complex reproduction goes, um, so Transformers reproduce in a really complex way. Transformers. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. But I actually do know how Transformers reproduce. <laughs> and it's not simple. You see, what we need to do just, like, to fix the issues we ran into with Goblin Slayer is just bring the slime in there. Um, have the slime ingest a goblin and then sort of break it down to its components parts and uh, reproduce goblins. There you go. Sure. Inverial <laughs> <laughs> in the chat. Do goblins not live long because they have short natural lifespans or because we keep sending teams of level one adventurers out to the forest to grind? <laughs> <laughs> the latter. <laughs> it's kind of like um, it's kind of like how there's like kind of open season all the time on wild boars in certain parts. Uh, it's just like there's so freaking many of these things. <laughs> Cat. She's adorable. Yeah, she's super cute. I'm sorry. She was batting at my feet, and I was just like, all right, you know what this isn't about? You. <laughs> Giddy. The, uh, the... We're, guess- we're joined by another special guest, Cholula. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of uh, 
Minox and Swotor. I've been playing a lot of Swotor, and there's fucking Minox everywhere, and <laughs> they're the goblins of Swotor. <laughs> <laughs> well, any other uh, big, big thoughts on this one? There's not really a ton to say about it, given how little happens in the episode. It, it, yeah, it was yeah. very dense. Um, I don't know. The only the thing that's really interesting to me and no one else is going to care about this <laughs> because of how fucking slow paced this is. Um, there is a character in the OP who doesn't show up until book three. And there huh. is no way they get to book three and introduce this character. I mean, it goes for 24 episodes and they've gotten to book two at episode 10. So that gives them like four whole episodes to spend on book three, assuming they continue this pace. Um, yeah, that's that seems. It. That's that all I have like to say. Enjoyed uh, the chip tune music. <laughs> I was into oh, it. Yeah, that was a thing. It, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it it felt uh, it during the uh, the uh, life transition building of the character sheet. I, I enjoyed the chip tune. Uh, the background mm-hmm. was uh, definitely it 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 felt like leveling up. I was into <laughs> it, which is kind of what they were describing. Mm-hmm. All right, so ratings for this show, Chris. All right, so did the premise interest me? Um, I'll say interest. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't like blow me away. But um, as you say, Kaigo, I was kind of intrigued by the idea of a slime being op or not op <laughs> MC uh, MC not being op because he's a slime. Um. And I kind of found the whole thing with the way he died, sort of building his character sheet, um, to be kind of amusing. So I'll go ahead and say the premise interests me. Um, production, I'll say that, yes, that did impress me, actually, because um, I really loved, like I said, kind of the little cutaways to the interface. I thought there's some really cool animation, kind of like the reincarnation process scene after he died and before he becomes a slime. Um, overall, just the production quality I thought was really well done, so I'll give that a point. Um, the storytelling didn't impress me. Um, anything that I did kind of find interesting about it, I already hid in the premise. Um, and the pacing, like I said, was really, really slow. So, like, it wasn't a bad time. I enjoyed it. Um, but it was not not great, in my opinion. Um, did I enjoy the first episode? Yes, I'll say I did. Um, despite those complaints, I said I would say it's a it's a solid, solid show. And did the first episode make me interested to see more? Actually not, um, just because of what I said earlier, where there wasn't really much of a hook. It's just kind of like the only thing you're left with is, uh, are you interested in seeing what happens to this slime? And also, here's an OP that suggests action. Um, so that did not hook me. So that looks like a three overall for me. Dean? Pretty much in the same boat. I found the scenario interesting for the same reasons. Um, <clears throat> as far as production goes... It looked like anime. It looked like it looked like that digitally drawn HD anime. Um, and so it, there was nothing in it that that impressed me. It just looked like a show. Um, so I'm not going to give it the point there. Uh, storytelling impressed me. No, quite the opposite. I was very disappointed with the speed. Of this thing. I'm sitting there, and obviously this Sundari Dragon is kind of funny, and it's supposed to be a fun thing, but it's like. Okay, I'm done now. Can we move on? <laughs> um, did I enjoy episode one? <coughs> I, I mean, kind of. It's it's a fun sort of way to do an isekai, I guess. I mean, it was 
I'll say, yeah, I enjoyed it and I didn't hate it. And I'm sitting there like, hey, hey, like the whole time, just kind of, hey. um, am I interested to see more? No, well, I'm not interested to see any more. So, uh, what is that? Two for me? Yep. Two. Libby, what about you? Uh, I'll say, um, uh, did the premise interest me? I would say yes. Um, it was, and this, you know, maybe the, uh, one weakness of an anime novice is that uh, seeing something like this, it's just like it starts off one way and then it just goes completely different. Like I knew the slime was going to show up at some point, but when I saw it actually happen, I was very into it and, and watching what was going on. So yes, I would say it definitely interested me. Uh, the production, um, I would say also that it uh, it impressed me, but... Like I said, I haven't seen a ton of anime, but I, I liked the um, the way that the drawings were during the transformation, um, mm-hmm. during the reincarnation, I felt like was not necessarily, and it may not be as much the productive value as using your production creatively, mm-hmm. which I uh, definitely was impressed by. Maybe not as flashy as um, what I would have envisioned, but I still felt like it was very creative. Um, the storytelling, uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the same, uh, same wavelength as y'all with that. It's like the, the beginning I was interested and then I started to get a little, you know, uninterested that a dragon showed up and I was like, oh, okay. And then it just, uh, okay. Like I, I, <laughs> the last 10 minutes I was kind of just like, okay, is this, is this done yet? But, <laughs> um, I did enjoy the first episode. I definitely, there were a lot of snickers happening as i was watching it and uh i would have to say i'm i I, uh i'll I'll be the first one to say that the uh first episode did interest me to see more i you know uh, i definitely had in the back of my mind i was like okay there was this one part that storytelling was kind of boring and everything but the premise itself interested me enough that i wanted to see where they went with it so i I guess that would be i guess that would be four four for me I'm very interested in the fact that you haven't seen a lot of isekai and that that was your response to this because this <laughs> does seem like a good isekai. It does it does seem like a because there's 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 good isekai and then there's um most isekai. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, uh, uh Bluster of Einar Yar. Oh and, god. Uh, in another uh, world with my n- smartphone. Knights and, and magic. Knights <laughs> and magic wasn't an isekai. It was. It was. It was a. There was a. The reincarnation was like the very first little scene, and then it's mm. just the story of this. World. Oh shit! You're right. Yeah, the, yeah, the mech loving guy. I yes. completely forgot about that. You wouldn't think it's an isekai because it's only like like a minute of the first episode is the reincarnation. Um. It's like, so honestly, yeah, the, that, that show didn't need to be an isekai. Didn't. That. It didn't. <laughs> like the only thing all. it did was just like made gave him motivation to become a mech pilot. <laughs> exactly. Like... Exactly. Um. So I'm really I'm 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 glad that was your response to it because if you haven't seen a whole lot of Isekai, this is definitely this is probably one to watch. Mm-hmm. Um. I I I mean, this like what the uh, Log Horizon. Log Horizon, the first season um, of Konosuba. Yeah. Uh, I- this is probably a good one to watch if you, if you haven't seen a lot of Isekai. And then once you watch this and watch one more Isekai, you're probably done with the genre. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I'm, I was, I was, I'm interested to hear that that was your response. 
Uh, for me, mm, did the scenario inter- or the premise interest me? Sure, I'll say yeah. I'm a sucker for fantasies and isekai, and this is both of those, and it has an interesting twist in that the main character is uh, a slime. Um, <laughs> the production did impress me. Uh, I agree with Libby here and Chris. Um, there were some things they did really well. The scene as he's dying and getting reincarnated, the uh, the entire scene before he gets magic sense and can see. Like, how do you, in a visual medium, convey that your main character can't see? And I felt like it wasn't the most creative or the best job, but it was a competent job. They did a, a decent job of conveying that. And uh, the movements of the slime are very bouncy and fluid and dynamic. And I felt like the slime was animated very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Storytelling absolutely did not impress me. I did enjoy the first episode and it did make me interested to see more. So much so that I am current and purchased all of the light novels. So that's a four for me. Which brings our total score... This is not counting everyone's points. I need to hang on, hold. Uh, while you do that, um, who publishes these light? I have no idea. It's not uh, shonen. I don't believe so. That brings our total score for this show to a thirteen or sixty-five percent. That's a pretty decent score. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean, you want to tell us about our next show, Run with the Wind? I would love to do that. Before I do, I want to I want to tell you I, I told my brother about that Shonen Jump announcement where they're mm-hmm. starting the Netflix style service of reading manga, which is pretty cool. But um, they we should I, we I should probably my... explain that to our listeners who may not have heard the announcement. Shonen Jump is releasing a new service. You can get Shonen Jump. Um, you, it's the English translations are being released simultaneously simultaneously with the Japanese every week, and you get access to the entire back catalog of Shonen Jump for $3 a month, $2, I want to say. $1.99. Yep. And actually, I think that they were saying, too, that the, the magazine, at least the current issues, are free. <clears throat> so um, yes. Yes. The, the, the subscription model gives you access to the backlog, but like if you want to, you can just read, like just stay up to date with stuff for free, apparently. Exactly. I'd have to confirm um, that, but that's what it seemed like based on the announcement. Um, I, I told my brother about that, and he's like, "Yeah, but what do they do?" And I pulled up a list of all, of a bunch of the anime that are based on on Shonen Jump manga, and he's like, "I'm going, I'm just going through the list," and he's like, "They've got that, they've got that, they've got that," and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, they're they're the biggest manga publisher in the world." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would so love to I see I, um, other publishers start doing that, too, because as much stuff as Shonen Jump has, I think there are some series that I'd like to follow that aren't Shonen Jump that might be like right. o- yeah. other other publishers. So, And a lot of the better anime that we're getting have been originals. Uh, so there's there's a... there You're not going to get a manga for, like... Oh, now I can't think of an example. <laughs> um, shit. <laughs> Uh, uh, Hosaki no just, Kuni. Ho- yes, Hosaki that. no Kuni is not shown in Jump. Okay. Yes. So you're you're not gonna get that kind of stuff. But Shonen Jump does have a lot. I need to read 
Death Note. I need to read. They have a lot. Um, any in any case, Run with the Wind, a show about getting scammed. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so we open on a on a darkened street, and on this darkened street, there's a a, a kid in a hoodie running. But before I continue, I want to say that the style of this show is very similar to Welcome to the Ballroom. So you kind of have these these thin sort of wiry character designs on several of the characters and it's it's actually really well animated and it's kind of fluid and you you got, you know, whatever. This dude's running and he's got like freakishly skinny ankles, but it's the kind of style that works. Um and so this dude's running and he's holding a sandwich. And you're watching this dude run down a darkened street with a hoodie on and a sandwich, and you're like, why is this boy running with a sandwich? And the answer is, he stole. He stole the sandwich. And there's a shopkeeper who's like, stop, thief! I can't keep up, right? And so there's a guy who comes up on a bike, and he's pedaling his bike really fast, and he runs up beside the guy, and he's like, do you like running? And the guy says, the fuck are you talking about? Because that would be your response, too. And he says, do you like running? And he says, huh? And then we cut to the guy with the hoodie is moving in with the dude who asked him if he liked to run. That's a dumb question to ask somebody, but apparently it gets you a roommate. <laughs> so the guy's moving in with him, and uh, they all are there now. And we start introducing the characters, the coolest of which is a long-haired sociology major who smokes all the fucking time. Um, and <laughs> they are they're living in this house together. And they're having a welcoming party for the dude. Uh, he's underage, so he's not drinking, but everyone else is absolutely having the time of their lives if the time of your life is getting drunk on a floor with a few buddies. And they're just talking. And then the other dude's like, hey, uh, we're going to do a thing. It's a race. We're going to do a race. And everyone says, the fuck are you talking about? None of us run ever. We don't do that. And he says, well, you do now because moving into this house makes you a member of the track and field club. And they all said, the fuck are you talking about? And he says, you didn't read the fine print, morons. We're running. And so they, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, oh, this also there's a tape. This is, this is an excellent play-by-play. I feel like I'm watching it all over. <laughs> <laughs> and so these, these people didn't read the fine print on their application to live in the house, uh, even though it was incredibly cheap and it was a deal that seemed too good to be true. It was. So... <laughs> There, nobody there is a runner, so uh, we know for a fact that uh, the dude is going to whip these people into running shape and win at the end of the season, because that's how anime works. Um, and apparently, main character, get this, in a sports anime, main character did the sport in high school, and s- high. it was high school. I'm 90% sure it was high school, but it doesn't matter, middle school or high school, I mean, in a sports anime, it's all the same. Because something vaguely traumatic happened, maybe, and he doesn't want to do the sport anymore, no, but he's going to do it again for his friend. I was under the impression he did want to do it. Like, he was serious, but he didn't think that the rest of the people were serious. Right. That was that was his 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 attitude seemed to be, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? None of these people can run. I run and you run, but none of these morons run. We got sociology majors and a Tanzanian dude who's going to win, by the way. Guess what? Um, there's... Sociology... <laughs> is the sociology major the one that hides in his giant manga closet? 
No, that's no. the sociology no, no. major is, oh, is Nico-san right. oh, because right. he's a, a okay. nicotine addict. Oh, oh yep. God. <laughs> he oh, is no, the, yeah, the living embodiment. He is the living embodiment of my herb. I guess he's the anime embodiment of my soul. That oh, dude yeah. is exactly everything that I love, which is being addicted to chemicals and <laughs> like like standing around and drinking. <laughs> Well, I like that he's just standing there in the hallway, just like smoking a cigarette. And the guy's just like, "Stop smoking! I can't breathe in here." He's like, he lights another. <laughs> he just lights another one right in front of him, and is just like, "The fuck are you gonna do?" Like, I love it. I love uh, it. It's so good. Uh, so yeah, we we now have a thief who got scammed into being on a running team. Uh, uh, spoilers: they win in the end uh, because sports anime. Yeah. <laughs> i could i mean like the mo- i was just like let me guess they take it all home like <laughs> uh it's exactly it's exactly not rocky like that's the thing these shows sports anime at least in the first season if they ever get a second season sports anime tends to not be as subtle as things like rocky the exception being things like megalo um, but sports anime is like, cause at, hey, Rock, at the end of Rocky, he doesn't win at the end of Rocky. He loses, but, but he stood his ground and that's the win, right? Sports anime doesn't tend to, they tend to just, but how can, how can I accomplish my dreams if I don't go to nationals this year? <laughs> We're just going to have to do our best together. Well, and <laughs> Listen, if you believe... Our our thief character is going to, um, by running, learn to stop running away from his problems uh, and find himself. Oh, I... I just... uh, After watching that episode, I was just like, now what if the rest of the season was just, like, those two running and the rest of them just like being those asshole kids at public school that just walk the miles just to make everyone else have to stay for 30 it's minutes. Like we competed. Of course, I say that like I wasn't that kid in like Gotham. <laughs> no, no, I'm 90% like, sure everyone on this show was that kid. <laughs> I loved I ran the mile. I, I ran the mile. I loved running. Oh, man, you, 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 <laughs> you, you people who want to perform in school. In in sixth grade, I had a sub seven minute mile, sub no sub eight minute. Wow, I it never was, did that. Dang. It was like it was pretty impressive, but like not Olympic. Oh, see, level. I wanted to be athletic. I, I, I feel just like, was a teenager like, and didn't so, want to sweat. Yeah, <laughs> sub <laughs> sub seven minutes is what I remember. Uh, but of course, that was many years ago, and that seems like a little bit too good to be true. So. The best I, I got was under 11. And it's possible if you were younger, like if you were in like sixth grade, you could run. Because uh, kids have boundless energy, especially you with your fucking, fucking build. Fucking build that I'm jealous of. The fucking metabolism and fucking... <laughs> Man, talk about sports anime. It gets uh, aggressive a little bit. <laughs> Dangerous business. No, I just I just hate the fat kid in my soul. Um <laughs> Uh yeah, this was honestly honest to to be perfectly honest, the cast in this show is probably the best part of the show. 
the there's the, there's a cast in this show of characters who are all different and uh except for the twins they're the same uh, yeah. but they're twins um there's like the cast in this show is all different there's all these different personalities that have to live under the ro- under one roof if this show has any potential it's in the character moments mm-hmm. um so i'm i i actually i, I I make fun of anime because anime is garbage, but this is, this actually wasn't that bad. It was, it was kind of a, I don't know if they really lean into the character stuff, they could get a lot of interesting shit. Out of I, I wanted to point out since you brought up the animation and the animation style earlier, this is by production IG who did Haikyuu. So, um, I can't remember if it was Gigek mother's basement or both who were like new sports anime from production IG hype. Yeah, this, this is because Haikyuu looks, is supposed to be pretty good. I haven't seen any of it, it but it looks production IG. It looks it, it it has kind of a style that's it's a different style, um, not like ridiculously different. It doesn't look as good and unique as Megalobox, which to me is the gold standard of sports anime. Um, but it 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 looked good. It was different and and interesting, and the and the animation was good. The, the characters are, are cool. There's there's a couple of characters that I hate, a couple of characters that I love, and that's kind of what you want with a with a diverse cast of different, you know, personality things like that. Um I don't know. I liked it. Uh I liked it okay. I'm hard on it because it's a sports anime and I'm never gonna watch it again. But I actually liked the first episode okay. Yeah, this was another show that not much happens in the first episode. Um basically it's just the welcome party. We flash back again to um, the opening scene where the guy's running away with the sandwich, and basically the flashback just shows us like the ten seconds leading up to him being approached by the guy on the bike. Yeah, um, what was the point of the Tarantino flashback thing? Like, it the, literally it gave me meant, no additional information. <laughs> it was meant to show how important it was to the other guy, the, the character, that they get their tenth man. It, it was meant to okay. show that he's been after that for a long time and stuff, but there was nothing that it gave that wasn't already explained in dialogue. Yeah, well, they were just showing that us it, the it same showed thing. it showed this thing, but I'll be honest, I didn't really care. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it didn't mm-hmm. add anything to the plot. That it's yeah. like, look, this is how important it is to him, and it's like he conned a bunch of people into joining the track and field club. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that shows how important it is. Just yeah, like, hey, exactly. here's some cheap rent money. By the way, you're going to have to start getting on the treadmill. Like mm-hmm. that. That to me showed it enough. I didn't think that we needed to go the, back and the see one, that. The one, the one thing it did, uh, or the one piece of knowledge it gave us that we didn't have previously. Uh, also, unimportant knowledge was that the the guy who recruits our main character has a knee injury. It showed yeah. him in the public yeah. bath and the but they, scars. They on reveal his knee. that though again later mm-hmm. when the dude's about to go running in the morning and his pant leg is up. Yeah. For some reason, I don't think you need your pant leg to be able to tie your shoes, do you? Anyway, um, it also I think it <laughs> his clarified his pant leg was all the way up. <laughs> It clarified, too, that it was, like, he did steal the sandwich. It was just kind of implied in the intro, but this one, like, made it explicit that, yes, he stole a sandwich and he's running. Also, Dean, the golden standard for sports anime, Harukana Receive. (laughs) Get out of here with your Megalobox nonsense. Is it that good? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's just the bikinis. I think you just really dig the bikinis. (laughs) I think one of the things... And the character designs. <laughs> I really like the character designs in that show. But 
I think one of the things that impressed me about this show, despite its lack of pacing and stuff like that, was, you know, and kind of hitting on the animation from the studio, which is very good. Um, really great um, scene setting um, as far as like mm-hmm. they would sort of show these shots and very well rendered shots of, you know, like crumpled up beer cans and like the mess all around the floor. And um, I think probably where you would find the most interest is if you're kind of putting yourself in the shoes of MC, um, who has been who was who was running away with the sandwich and got invited to move in. Um, kind of like this weird feeling of like, what have I gotten myself into? Like, there's all this shit happening around me. And he's kind of just like, he's passive pretty much the entire time. And so it's just kind of like, if you put yourself in his shoes of like, this is a really weird situation. Um, I'm not sure I'm in love with this dorm and all these people are weird characters. Um, it's, it's kind of like this almost kind of like surreal feeling. I think they're trying to convey, um, that was kind of interesting. But like I said, it was very, very little actual plot. Um, it was definitely just a lot of kind of like, let's set up the situation and the characters. Um, and if you found that interesting, then that's what's going to get you into the show. But otherwise, they didn't like make any huge promises as far as here's what the show is gearing up to be. They did a really good job making the dorm feel like a real space. Mm-hmm. It's not like everyone has a perfectly identical CCCV room which mm-hmm. is empty except for a bed and a single dresser like the uh, the otaku's room is piled high with manga and uh, all of the rooms have different shapes and sizes mm-hmm. and right. that that is true they did a great job making that space feel lived, making the whole apartment area feel lived. yeah they did that I like that was impressive. The the party scene, like showing the the room where they're all kind of hanging out. You can tell it's not it's small, and they're all just kind of sitting around. And it's I don't know. You're right. You're right. They did a great job of scene set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From any like fraternity houses that I've saw back in my college days, it definitely like had that feel that mm-hmm. you know that kind of everybody's rooms are kind of individualized in order to their taste. But, uh, yeah, I definitely, like, I enjoyed some of the humor in it, that's for sure. Uh, you know, like Dean said, it's hard for me to get in any type of sports ball shows of any kind, <laughs> not just anime. It's hard for me to get in any of it because I'm just like, oh, man, I wish I was athletic, and then I feel sad. So that's not a, it's not a good thread to pull on, you know? <laughs> But... I'm speaking of sports balls, someone doesn't even have balls. It's Not just, a good thread just to pull on. It's perfect. <laughs> the whole thing just unravels. It just doesn't work out. <laughs> That's the perfect way to describe it. Uh, yeah, it's as as sports anime go. This has definite potential, mostly because um. I don't know if it's going to be as good as Hanebato, and I don't know if it's going to be... Uh, it's not going to be as good as Max. Nothing Nothing's as good as Max. It's the fucking mm. best. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if it's going to be as good as something like Hanebato, because Hanebato was unique in a lot of other ways. But as, as sports anime goes, I, I thought this was fine. I thought this was... Uh, a solid, solid effort. Um, I, the, I, I kind of enjoyed the first episode, but it's, again, mainly for the character stuff. The show does have one thing going for it that Megalobox didn't. So you watch Megalobox, and you're like, ah, oh, this show's got a pretty decent soundtrack, but it feels like it's missing something. The thing it's missing 
that this show has is an OP by Unison Square Garden. Immediate 10 of 10 anime of the season. <laughs> God damn it. I don't know, man. I'll take the sound I'll take the soundtrack from Megalobox over anything else any day. I still have that soundtrack on repeat on my SoundCloud. <laughs> that thing is that soundtrack is solid. Solid. And it got me into it got me into Japanese rap, which is a whole world. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> All right. So, scores for this show, Dean. Uh, well, did the scenario interest me? No. No. Track and field sports anime. I, I don't care. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Um, did the production impress me? Yes, the show's beautiful. It's very pretty. The sound design is really good. Um, uh, because, uh, I mean, one of the things that stuck out to me, and I was looking for this, when, like, when they're running and stuff. Oh, by the way, shit, another thing about the production. The OP has a uh, a scene where he's running through seasons. And as the seasons change, his outfits change. And when it hits winter, a, 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 a cloud of visible vapor breath comes out of his mouth and, and he passes. I, I thought that, that was like, oh, fucking cool. They're actually paying attention when they make this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, the production impressed me. Did the storytelling impress me? Yes. I think it was actually well-paced. I thought the character interactions were interesting. I thought the characters themselves were fun. Uh, I think the situation is a bit ridiculous, but it's a fine setup for an anime. Um... Uh, yeah, I was actually impressed by the storytelling. It wasn't a show that we're going to be talking about later. <laughs> mm. uh, did I enjoy the first episode? I will say yes, I did enjoy the first episode. I had a fun time with it. Um, am I interested to see more? No, I don't care. I know how the story ends. So, three for you? Yeah, which is a, a really high score for a sports anime for me. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not typically how these things go, but... Um, if you're into sports anime, I have a feeling this is going to be a a, a, a gold a, a gold. Uh, what about you, Libby? Um. Okay. Uh, did the premise interest me? No. Like I said, I'm I'm just not much into sports ball. But uh, uh, the production, yes, absolutely. Like the, I I really enjoyed the uh, the artwork throughout. Uh, and I really liked their way of how they created the space for, like, the dorm slash apartment slash frat house, whatever it is. Um, and uh, so the storytelling, kind of on the fence about it. I, I would say, I'm going to have to say no. I felt like it was a little predictable when it comes, I mean, th- that's one of the things, there's a lot of, sports type of storylines are very formulaic and I felt like it kind of relied on those uh kind of tired things of like you know the the athlete with the troubled past and and everything I mean not that I could make one any better but I felt like that's a very um overused type of trope that mm-hmm. I, I wasn't very into and the and the flashback thing just kind of I was like okay I, I kind of don't have interest anymore um did I enjoy it? I will say yes. You know, um, the the storytelling wasn't great, um, but I enjoyed the characters. I thought they were funny. Uh, that being said, though, I am not interested to see more just because uh, the, the characters don't um, interest me enough to get through kind of the stereotypical athletic storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in a very similar boat. 
the premise did not interest me. Uh, the production did impress me. Uh, everything was really well animated and designed and thought out. Um, I am going to give it a point for storytelling. It definitely had some problems. Uh, I agree with Libby on all of those, but at the same time, they even with that, they made me kind of care about the characters. Um, so this is kind of more like a point for character building than storytelling, strictly speaking, but I'm lumping them together. I feel like they're similar enough. Sure. Um, I, I did enjoy the first episode, but not enough that I'm interested to see more. So that's a three for me. What about you, Chris? Uh, premise for a lot of the same reasons you guys have said, not really. Um, kind of generic sports anime plot line going and anything they did that was unique wasn't super interesting. And even the thing with like people being Shanghai and being on the team just felt weird. Um, it's, it's not really that believable a thing. I could see a lot of those guys being like, okay, yeah, no, I, I'm out. <laughs> like I just, I, if this was in the contract and yes, I signed the contract by moving in, by moving out, I'm not, I'm not going to run track. Um, I feel like that was a mile. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I guess it's like, well, yeah, I guess we can run, you know, for, for low rent. So, I mean, it's, it's believable and it's not at the same time. So, but no, the premise didn't interest me. Production did impress me. I'll do track. I don't (laughs) promise to do good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's actually like, I would love if it was the story of not, we win at the end of the year. It's literally just like, let's see how terrible this track team is. That'd make me more interested. (laughs) The story of how main character loses his, his faith in humanity because these assholes won't just fucking run track they won't do it the dude's always reading his books just walking down the thing and it's a constant struggle and main character at the end of it he kills himself because he can't live in this world (laughs) now that's a show yes uh production did impress me uh for all the same reasons we've already said uh storytelling did not impress me um, as much as I thought the characterization was pretty good. It didn't make me care. Um, I was kind of just like riding through this and just being I was taking it in and I wasn't really engaging with it. So I'm not going to say it, it, it impressed me. And for that same reason, I'm not going to say I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't dislike it, but it didn't quite pass that threshold of like, oh, I liked that show. Um, even as much as I could appreciate the production value and the potential that it seemed to be showing. Um, and so did the first episode make me into see more no to that as well. So I guess this just a one overall for me, uh, for the production, but otherwise I wasn't super into it. Uh, that brings our total score for this show to a six or a 30%. Uh, and Varial in chat asks, would this be a better show if the opening scene was these people moving out and hating each other? And then it's a flashback, uh, show track anime where each of them are bad at running and start to hate each other after being forced to live together my answer is yeah that would be fucking fantastic I would yeah, be all that would be that. a much better show yeah alright so the next show we have to talk about is Hinomaro Sumo which is a show about a kid whose mother died when he was a small child and um, as she was on her deathbed in the hospital, she said, I'm sorry, I couldn't give you a bigger, stronger body, which is an interesting thing to say as you're dying or yeah. sick <laughs> to in your the hospital. Child. Um, 
it's a lot like the it's I, I a know, lot like the soccer show I know where the dying mom dream. is like, yeah. I'm dying, but soccer, soccer will, will always be there, be there for. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I know I I can feel it. Someday you're gonna want to be a sumo wrestler, but you're gonna be too short. I apologize in advance for this. Uh, so our main character <laughs> decides that the epitome of strength is sumo wrestlers, and so he's going to devote his life to sumo. And uh, so he devotes his life to sumo, and as a result, he uh, is bad at social interactions and doesn't understand societal norms. And so he gets on the train without wearing any pants. And while he's on this train, packed in like sardines because it's a train in Japan, uh, he notices a train pervert, someone who is molesting a high school girl and it's Japan, so she can't do anything about it and just kind of also, takes it. And so because it's a train in Japan is also the explanation for that as well. <laughs> um, I'm curious. It what is this... an unfortunate reality. Yeah. I'm We're curious. all just like awkwardly looking off like, yeah, mm. that's a thing. <laughs> this, yeah. is a, this is a daily occurrence. Fuck. <laughs> Is it daily? Like, I'm curious how common this is. It's, it's, um, okay, it's, it's, it's as common as people being assholes like that in the world, which is to say kind of common, but probably not. It's, it's like a, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where it happens enough that it's a thing people know about. You'll, you'll still be surprised when it's happening in front of you. Yeah, right. I, I feel like it's one of those things, like, in America, where you, if you ask any woman you know, hey, have you ever been slapped on the ass without being asked permission? A hundred percent of women will likely say yes. Like, that's probably happened. Now, does it happen every day? No. No. That's right, just every right. once in a while. Mm. It happens. Exactly. And it's, it's <laughs> also, like, that's the, that's the interesting thing about those statistics, is that you have a, uh, sorry, this is a statistics thing for just a second. If you have, like... 4% of men who do that, they tend to get around. So you have 100% of women who will say that's happened and it's like 4 or 5% of men who do it because yep. they get around. <laughs> and yep. it's that's that's one of those interesting ways that those statistics get get moved. So it's it's like that I'm assuming in in the thing. I know I've read yeah. about it mm. <laughs> certainly. So it's uh it happens. <laughs> I just thought that that was interesting that that was added into this, like, comedy anime. That's mm -hmm. just, like, just starts off with, oh, well, some girl's getting molested on the subway. Well, you have what to give... It's a, it's a storytelling um, workaround. It's a storytelling... Yeah. It's cutting corners on your story because you... It, it immediately puts you in the position of main character's a heroic figure. Because yeah. he took down the molester. Like, it's yeah. just a, a really quick way to get you to like the main character. Yeah. And then, of course, they do the thing where he uh, he throws the guy off the train and everyone's gathered around. And the security sees him without his pants on. And so they start chasing after him, assuming that he was the pervert. Uh, yeah. But it was right. all just a big misunderstanding. Uh, yeah, so that happens. And uh, so because of this, our main character got off the train a few stops early. And so he doesn't know where he is. So he has someone draw him a map uh, to the high school that he's supposed to be going to. Uh, because he wants to see their sumo club because he he's in his last year in middle school. He's about to graduate. He wants to go to a high school with a sumo club so that he can do sumo. Um 
And he, so he arrives at this school and, but he doesn't arrive at the front entrance because he hears sumo happening off in the distance and he runs towards the sumo that's happening. And how often should we, uh, should we expect you to do that, Dean? Uh, <laughs> as many times as people mention those very loud leg slaps that were echoing in the, in the sound design of this show, it was it was awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That one hurt a little bit. <laughs> I think it's. Was, I think it's supposed to. That was a pretty meaty slap. <laughs> Just devoted to the bit. <laughs> yeah, oh. oh yeah, no. I commit all the way. It gets me in trouble a lot. <laughs> so our our main character runs towards Sounds of Sumo, doesn't go through the main gate at the school. Instead, he jumps over the fence and has a very passionate conversation with this guy about Sumo and just assumes that he has arrived at the school that he's supposed to be at. And so he talks with this guy and he's like, it's so neat that, you know, you have this outside training area you know can you show me the dojo and this guy's like ah oh, well i guess you're gonna learn about it eventually anyways and so they go to the dojo and it's been taken over by thugs and one of the thugs spits his gum in the dojo and our main character uh has to protect the sanctity of the dojo and so he beats up this thug and uh shenanigans ensue and because uh thugs and groupthink and uh uh gang culture um now our main <laughs> character is in trouble with the entire group of thugs and specifically the guy who leads them who's only a second year but no one can stand against him cuz he knows karate he knows karate <laughs> <laughs> and i love it i love that trope <laughs> I like how he just like punches the one dude in the stomach <laughs> where like yeah. what, what is up with other thugs is like kind of being dishonorable or whatever. And so he's just like, whoosh, bitch, <laughs> but like full on karate stance, like legs apart, one arm back, you know, the other one punching out like really nice form actually. So yes, he does know karate. Very good form. <laughs> uh, I did Taekwondo, so. so. Our our main character is like, well, I'm going to go check out this other school that I... Oh, so our main character at this point finds out that he's not at the school that he thought he was. And so he tells the one guy who's super enthusiastic about sumo, I'm going to go check out this other school which has a real karate program because I want to go to nationals. Because how else am I going to uh, be the meme and dream, <laughs> uh, dream, dream my dreams if I can't go to a school that's known for its sumo? So he leaves. How and else can I be a, a, a living, living, breathing trope if I can't get to national? And the next day he shows up at the wrong school again. But this time he realizes he's at the wrong school because he's been there before and he's at the front gate. And he's like, well, I guess I'm here. And so he walks around to see his buddy who's enthusiastic about sumo. And oh, no, the little sumo ring has been destroyed by the thugs. Uh, and so our main character picks a fight with our main thug who knows karate. And uh, the main thug is like, uh, if you want to fight, I'll fight you. But I get to choose how we fight. And our main character is like, sure. And so the main thug is like, I'm going to punch you for 10 minutes. And if you're still standing at the end, you win. 
And because thugs are thugs, our main character endures 15 whole minutes of punches. And he goes, well, that felt a to little long. To the face! To the face, yeah. <laughs> and no bruises, no, no signs Nothing. of damage, but boy, our main thug's hands sure are beat up. <laughs> and the whole reasoning behind this is because uh, he, he explains that uh, sumo is a sport in which you're not even allowed to let anything but the soldier repeat touch the ground. So you got to be tough. You got to be able to just like take whatever punishment gets thrown at you. And so he's like, I, I can take ten minutes of punches to the face because I'm a one sumo thing wrestler. We haven't, uh, one thing we haven't mentioned yet about our main character is he is shredded. He is absolutely <laughs> jacked. Yes, he is. Yeah, you, you, ha- you have to say a gravel. You can't say it. he is. He is shredded. He is jacked. He's like shredded, jacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. He takes off his shirt, and this dude is like fucking, fucking, just absolutely. He's fucking Hulk body on a little man. It's hilarious, actually. But he's just he is he is the most fucking fucking shredded dude in anime. I love it. I love it. He's basically a small version of Armstrong from uh from uh, uh Full Metal Alchemist. He's just absolutely he's just totally jacked. He's got pecs and he's got everything. And he's got scars everywhere, which, where did those come from? I don't know. Main characters have to have scars. Um, <laughs> like, really symmetrical scars, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like he was in an accident, but it was an accident with, like, you know how people suspend themselves on hooks? It was like an accident where his flesh was rendered from his body over his shoulders because of a, of a suspension accident. <laughs> oh, he's trying to man. make himself taller. It didn't work. So after oh, shit. it's too real. It's too real. <laughs> oh god. So after the 10 minutes are up, which are actually 15 minutes because they just had one of the thugs keep time instead of like anyone who any would, neutral third yeah. party. <laughs> like, um our, our main character is like, so I can fight back now, right? And so he takes out main thug in a single hit. He's he's down and out. And our main thug is like, how did he not go down? And our main character is like, I believed in the power of sumo. Right, uh, he took him down with a big open-handed slap and push to the face. It echoed. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, so we cut forward in time to uh, the first day of the new semester or something, and all the clubs are at recruiting, and oh, surprise, our main character shows up, and he's like, you know, I could go to a, a school that has a good sumo club, or I could be here with you, my buddy, who's also super passionate about sumo, uh, because we have that bond of that time that I took down all the thugs who were bullying <laughs> you. bros. And, uh, oh, the girl that he saved on the train goes to this school, too. So now we have a whole crew of buddies. <laughs> a whole crew of three buddies with three different personality types and one's a girl. You got a show. <laughs> Welcome to Annie Files. <laughs> Any media. Any media, it's three characters, one's a girl, and they're all friends. There you go. Boom. There's your fucking show. <laughs> High school days. Uh, it's fine. It's it's just a it's, show. A short, it's a short way to make a show. It's a short way to, to have a set up of characters who are endearing and fun. You have some intercharacter stuff happens. Three characters. 
nothing. It's okay. All said and done, I didn't hate this show. It was yeah, me neither. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, there's been a lot of sarcasm thrown around, but I was just like. <laughs> Was I the only one who liked it? <laughs> no, I actually no, I, I I actually kind of enjoyed it. As soon yeah. as the dude took off his shirt and he was absolutely shredded, I was like, "Oh, this yeah. is the show for me." Uh, he was like, just like he's just a short badass, and then his friend is just like, like just such a soft boy, and they're just they're friends, and it's I don't know. I guess I just the the friendship thing. That's what that's what got me about the show. This to me I is love the, the biggest fact difference. That- Exactly. Between... I love the fact that he 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 actually compliments his friends fucking yeah. ham hocks. It's like yeah. it's, fucking, it's awesome. Yeah, and I just I really to me it's the biggest difference in between, you know, the the sumo show and then Run with the Wind because Run with the Wind is more centered around uh being athletic and centered around uh, you know, training. And then the sumo show is about friendship and they happen to do sumo. You know, yeah, and, the, and that to me is what makes it a lot more interesting. This show has another interesting twitch, which I didn't, which I didn't really touch on, which is that you know our main character's goal is to go to nationals and then become a pro sumo wrestler and achieve the top level of sumo wrestlers. But, so he can be named after a sword. So he can be named yep. after a sword, which I I almost did that for our show intros was look at the, <laughs> the Japanese archives and, and get us all named swords. But uh, that <laughs> felt like too much work and also not really a funny bit um, <laughs> because nobody would get it. To yeah, that. nobody would get it. Um, but our main character is too short to be a pro sumo wrestler. And now his yeah, best friend, his best friend brings this up as if it's a problem, forgetting that our main character is in his third year of middle school and is still going to grow. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a, it's, it's actually one of those things. He, he feels like he's done growing though. And everybody, everybody mm-hmm. kind of thinks that too. He's a small dude. And, um, so his whole thing is like, if I'm good enough, they got to bend the rules for me. There's no other way. Like, if mm-hmm. I'm good enough, they're going to let me do it. If, yeah, if I just I get shredded up. enough. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, he... the dude's just walking around with fucking needles hanging out of his ass. Just... <gasps> <laughs> this, is, this is how he builds the iron will that's going to carry him to great places. But then when he has his growth spring, he just becomes like this massive dude that's like twice as tall as everybody else. Then it's just like, hey. Oh, can like... you imagine this character tall and shredded? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but but you see, like he, he because he wasn't just like given the tallness, he learned to deal with adversity and find the strength within himself and then the physical benefits just came along and made him that much better and that's how he becomes the greatest of all time and so when we inevitably get to the tournament arc of this show as he is going through the high school tournaments or whatever to get to get to nationals um or maybe he's in nationals and the tournament arc is him at nationals and, and trying to win nationals <laughs> Um, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna be this tall, ripped dude, and he's gonna be facing this other tall, ripped dude, and this tall, ripped dude is gonna be like, 
it, it could only be you and me in the finals because we're tall and muscular and, and no one else has <laughs> no one else has the, the body type to be here except us and we stand above everyone else because of our physical prowess and our main character is going to be like you don't understand I used to be short I used to be small that's where true sumo spirit comes from I used to be small and ripped <laughs> you were born into the tall i merely adopted it <laughs> wait that's backward <laughs> you merely adopted the shredded <laughs> i was born into it molded by it molded by it <laughs> wow. should i say sculpted by it zero complex just called us doors <laughs> welcome to annie files <laughs> <laughs> oh, the God. other thing, the other difference between this and your sort of typical sports anime, since we were bringing up that comparison, was this one definitely had a very more shonen kind of feeling mm-hmm. to it, whereas the other one was like a little bit more of a mature take on a sports uh, anime, kind of like a more mature plot. This was definitely like we're taking sumo, making a badass. Like it's not just a bunch of fat dudes doing a very traditional Japanese sport, national sport of Japan, by the way. Um, but it's like, no, these are like mm-hmm. shredded dudes, and like we got the metal playing over the OP, and um, like flames everywhere and stuff like that. And even the even the more shown in you know middle school sort of storylines um, are sort of trying to promote this kind of like we're making sumo cool and fun for younger boys as opposed to trying they to make a serious very, sports anime. Uh... To your point, they did the very shonen uh, fire eye thing mm-hmm. a couple of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, even just the plot of like, you know, I'm going to climb my way to the top. That's also a very sort of shonen thing. So, yeah, um, it's a very shonen thing. It's also a thing from an anime where people uh, capture wild animals and make them fight. <clears throat> yes. Someone's going to be the very best. Like, like no, no one, one ever was. was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dog fighting the anime. <laughs> yeah, I what are we, we going to get to the part where like we hit the uh, like the just systematic uh, corruption that exists in sumo with uh, people throwing like and... FIFA, like the FIFA of sumo, <laughs> and that, that's when MC just like slaps like some some suit who's you know causing all this. Corruption he does what? Like he does what? <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Oh, but you're gonna add later. Like, I, I, I was like, I'll just wait. <laughs> Let this settle down for a second. No. I like I, I and you know I was like you know two whiskeys in by this this uh this anime, so the heartwarmingness <laughs> affected me a lot more. But I really liked at the end that like it, it, the main character, he's not just you know, shredded and, like, the best athlete and whatever. It's The fact that his friendship is so important to him and the fact that he was able to look at... uh, What is his name? I just think Soft Boy, but... Um, Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a fine name. (laughs) But but he just, like, at the end was just like, okay, well, I'm going to join in the sumo club, and obviously you'll be president. And he just, like, soft boy melts, and it's just like, I'm just, I'm just oh, I'm so honored. And it's it's really cool because, you know, he knows that to that kid, I mean, he built his own sumo ring. Um, right, right. 
So, like, obviously, he's super into it, and he's going to have that passion. And I don't know. I, I didn't expect to like uh, a show about athletics so much. Like, I just, I know that it was campy and having, like, the, the group of the big kids that they have to, like, go up against and everything. But I guess my, like, little ner formerly, like, nerdy self just really missed that that feeling of just watching and just being like, yeah. You can watch your friends those be bullies. friends. <laughs> you can conquer those bullies with friendship. Like, so wonderful. So, I like Great the fact feelings. that I, I really appreciate the fact that it's not just the kid's passion that, that draws him to him, but it's also those ham hocks. Yes. Like, he looks at specifically, he's like, you've developed these incredibly strong thighs. And, he, and the kid's like, okay. You just got to believe in the heart of the quads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the heart of the quads. Oh, that's good. That's, that's really good. That's how me and my fiance met. <laughs> you respected the quads. Nice. Um. So, <laughs> so I I pulled up the page for this show on Annie List because I wanted to look up the name of that character. Uh, it's Ozeki, by the way. Uh, Ozeki Shinya. And the voice actor for this dude is, like, the most adorable, lovable <laughs> Japanese man I have ever seen. <laughs> uh, Fukushi Ochiai. Uh, yeah, that's a non-sequitur, but it was really important. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Scores for this show. Did the premise interest me? Absolutely not. I went into this expecting to not like a sports show about sumo. Um, it turns out I did, but uh, the premise still didn't interest me. Did the production impress me? I'm going to say no. It's competent. It's not bad, but nothing stood out. Yeah. Uh, did the storytelling impress me? Yes, I absolutely fell in love with these characters uh, and cared about them deeply. Uh, did I enjoy the first episode? Uh, yes, absolutely. Did the first episode make me interested to see more I'm going to give it a point here. I'm going to say yes. It's kind of a weak yes. I, I'm kind of on the fence about this show still. But uh, it's something that I would like to give a few more episodes. So, uh, Chris, what are your scores? Uh, so did the premise interest me? Um, I kind of went into it wishing it would, um, because I was interested in a sports anime about sumo. That's not a subject matter that I've seen, at least. Um, I don't think it's super common. So I was like, okay, cool, sumo shit, let's do it. Um, but then what they turned it into as kind of fun as it was, it wasn't interesting to me. So um, I know their production didn't really stand out to me in particular. Um, it wasn't bad. It was serviceable. It just wasn't impressive. Um, storytelling... Just because of how generic it was, I'm going to say no. There was just a lot of very tropey kind of um, bully arc stuff happening in this first episode. Um, so despite, you know, some nice moments of comedy and some nice moments of heart, uh, it just wasn't enough to stand out to me. Did I enjoy the first episode? Um, 
I'm on the fence, and when I'm on the fence, it probably means not really. Um, again, like the last one, I had fun with it. It wasn't a bad time. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't find myself like really getting into it. Um, I was I was fine when it was over. <laughs> um, and so the first episode made me interested to see more. Not really. Um, just not my cup of tea. Uh, I could see myself continuing to watch it, like if I was watching it with someone else. Um, I think it'd be like a fun kind of campy shonen sumo show to watch it say an anime night or something like that, but I wouldn't seek it out personally. So um, it looks like a zero overall for me, unfortunately. Not a, not a hard zero, but still a zero. Dean? Uh, well, as far as the scenario goes, uh, no. You and I, you and I both in previous episodes of this podcast have said we were not looking forward to this show and we expected it to be bad at all, especially looking at the art because it looked like it was going to be incredibly shonenized, um, which is, but, uh, yeah, so nah, the scenario wasn't anything I was interested in and I'm really still not, I kind of, I kind of know again, you know what happens here? Mm -hmm. Um, did the production impress me? I'm going to say Yes. And I will tell you why. There's a moment in this anime where our our boy is walking around sort of the backside of the school and he hears those big fucking meaty leg slaps <laughs> and they're echoing. It's like, except echo. And then he, the dude's like slapping his legs and stomping and stuff. It's a very sumo thing. It's so it's, it's actually kind of hype. <laughs> um, and so he, uh. He hears this and he, and and like it's it's interesting the way that it's like revealed as he walks around and stuff. That was a moment for me in the show, and I I really I thought that was great. So um, it actually gets a point for me uh, for production. Now, where it loses that point <laughs> is with storytelling. So this is a trope fest. This is every sports anime trope, um, which is again it's fine. Like the way that they did this show. It's it's unique enough to be interesting, kind of, but it's not so unique that it escapes a lot of the sports anime stuff. Um, did I enjoy episode one? I did. I expected not to. I went into it like, ugh, gotta watch this thing. And I ended up having fun with it. So I'm gonna say I did enjoy it, and am I interested to see more? I'm never watching this again. I really liked it. I really thought it was cool. Um... Just the the fucking ripped ass dude. It's so good. Um, but I I, I don't I don't think I'm ever watching this. Um, which is not against the show. It's just not impressive enough to break through to like to to take up my time in that kind of way. So no, I'm I'm never watching this again. Even though, uh. It, it gets two points, but it's better than two points. I so, that. <laughs> uh, Libby, what about you? Um, okay, so did the premise interest me? I would say yes, actually. Um, I was very interested in a uh, show about sumo wrestling, though I thought it was going to be completely different. Like, I felt like the way that they laid the groundwork was completely different than the actual show. Like, it just shows talking about, like, the national sumo competition and getting named after a sword, and then it just goes right to the intro, and it's just, like, this kind of Japanese metal shit, and there's, like, fire, and they're all... And I was just like, oh, this is gonna be... This is gonna be intense. Like, this is gonna be awesome. And then it's just, like, this sweet... 
you know, little story. So I would say, yes, it did interest me, but on the grounds of a different premise, which I, <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting. Um, did the production impress me? Uh, I, I have to say, I, I agree with uh, Chris and Ryan that I'm just like, eh, you know, it was, it was there, you know, it was, it was decent, but it wasn't like, wow, you know, I, I wasn't impressed. Um, the storytelling, I, I'm going to have to say yes. I know that it was very tropey, but I felt like it does take a certain type of show to use those type of tired things mm -hmm. and still be interesting to me. Because I, I don't get interested, especially in like, it, it's it's not to say that genders can't be interested in each other's shows, but it is hard for me to relate to middle school boys uh, mm -hmm. playing sumo together. <laughs> and so the fact that I was still interested does kind of say something. Um, did I enjoy it? Yes, I did. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, did the uh, first episode interest me to see more? <sighs> I gotta go ahead and say no. I... I I do kind of want to, but I feel like it's the pull isn't enough that I'm actually going to do it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, in a perfect world, yes, I would see more of this. Am I actually going to take the time to look it up and watch it? Eh, probably not. Exactly. <laughs> so is that... Three. Three? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that brings our total score for this show to an eight or a 40%. I should really set up some hotkeys in OBS or something. <laughs> mm. oh, keys. Yeah. Sexy keys. So, keys that spend the night in a capsule hotel. <laughs> oh yeah, so we didn't mention that uh, that was originally on our list and we'd uh, sort of uh, joked about it and hyped it up ever since the drawing and then surprise, surprise, not a surprise, it's basically just hentai, so we decided yeah. to uh, take it out of the the running. Yeah, it's uh, out of the it's out of the rotation for being uh, really like rated or anything. I do want to say, if you want a show that's just three minutes of awkward and badly animated finger banging, you can go watch that show because <laughs> it's it's not good. Alternatively, you could find an actual hentai. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> there are full length hentai, and a lot of them are on Pornhub. <laughs> So, good luck. Go find those. Mm. Or you could watch something that's not porn but still has boobs. You could watch uh, High School DxD. Or Sekirei. Or Sekirei. Oh, but we're not here to talk about those shows. We're here to talk about As Miss Belzebub I'm, I'm Likes. I'm always here to talk about oh, Opie. Oh. You don't even understand. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, you want to tell us about this show? Yeah. So, As Miss Beelzebub Likes is a show about uh, demons in hell, uh, a hell that looks a lot like a kind of like vaguely Victorian-inspired, very anime thing. It's very pastel and very uh, light and bright, and lots of things are fluffy, and they're wearing like these really nice little uniforms, very deviant art. Um, and so our MC <laughs> is... very deviant art! <laughs> oh my god! You're absolutely right! <laughs> As I often am. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, the the show follows MC, who is the, um, uh, what's it, uh, kind of like the right-hand man, the assistant to uh, Beelzebub. 
which in this depiction is actually a uh, a cute girl. Um, again, they're demons, and so they don't really age. Everyone is very, um, like you know, very very pretty. And uh, it's again this very sort of alternate take on hell. So it's not like this like scary place. It's just you know people go about their business, and it's actually kind of pleasant. Um, and Beelzebub is respected as this great ruler. She runs Pandemonium, which is this, this particular section of hell, um, or maybe Pandemonium is just the term they use for hell. I forget exactly. And um, I got the feeling that it was a, a particular section. Mm-hmm. Um. And MC is, he's like always kind of respected Beelzebub, but then he's surprised to find that she is uh, very into fluffy things and just like very chill. And um, she does like cute things all the time, but it kind of infuriates him because like she like, you know, uh, embarrasses him when he comes in to wake her up because she's in bed naked. And he's like, oh my God, this is, this is awkward. Um, and so he uh, it, like, and it's one of those shows too that sort of splits it up into two halves, and so you kind of have like these two little vignettes that make up the episode. Yeah, it's, um, it's two, it's two like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he buys her an alpaca sweater or pajamas, I should say, so that she can uh, feel that that fuzziness that she loves so much because she's surrounded by these little like fuzzy creatures, and that's why she was uh, sleeping naked. Uh, so it's like, here, you can feel fuzzy without sleeping naked because that's my business. Um, <laughs> Read my um, mind. <laughs> he's, her, he's her assistant, first of all, and also this is hell. So I I, I mean, they're, I, I would assume that their sexual proclivities are less proclivity. Right. <laughs> that's that's what's kind of like, weird about it, too. Right. There's a There's a weird sort of mishmash of like hell being a place where morality is very loose, but also everybody's very kind. So the thing you run into here is in, we'll go probably, I won't draw on this too long, but it kind of, it reminds me of, um, you know, horse girls and all these other things where like, basically we just like want to come up with some unique theming. So what's unique theming? Um, all the characters are demons in hell, except hell is just kind of the aesthetic we want to go for anyway. How else do we justify the show we want to make? We make it, uh, they're, they're in hell. I don't care. Um, so part two, um, there's some stuff where, uh, they're going through this part of town where he's afraid that she might get mugged or something like that. Um, but then he recalls that like, no, actually she's this really competent warrior. Remember in the big rebellion against heaven, you know, she was like, you know, the, this real badass and you know she gets attacked by a couple of thugs and she beats them off or scares them off or whatever the case was um beats them down scares them away um better phrasing um, um you watched a different show my friend yeah um and so he's he kind of like has this thing where he's like okay well she can handle herself but then he uh, loses track of her and he freaks out and he kind of like scolds her for worrying him um and she's kind of like taken aback by the assistant who seems to care about her on like more of a personal level and so she kind of like it's all um uh i'm not even t- sure the term that i'm looking for like love struck not necessarily um and she decides to sleep in the alpaca pajamas that came from him because it reminds her of him or something um so we can see where this is going um the other thing i want to mention real quick before we get into like big discussion is they mentioned that um actually hell cooperates with heaven um the whole idea is that hell exists to tempt humans um so that you know god can judge them and stuff like that which there's some theological basis for what they're saying, uh, depending on how you read Job um, and other parts of the Bible. 
I'm not going to go into the theology of it, but it's a little, a little flawed, a little oversimplistic. It's, it's, uh, it's very demonological. The people who made this show know their demonology. Um, I studied, I, I read a lot of that. I read like the lesser key of Solomon, the King and, and a few other things. Um, these, they, they use real demon names for the characters in the show. They actually have the hierarchy of hell that's explained in the lesser key of Solomon, the King. They actually have that stuff. Um, it's the, the, the people who made this show know their demon. And that what you just said is a very demonological sort of theory. Yeah. So if, if this is hell, what does God even need to judge them for? Like, if they're bad people, what's going to happen to them? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I feel like also, it was a little like, bit more they, they point out, you I just kind of get reincarnated in a different place, but it's not like eternal torment. It's just a different place. Yeah, they, they point out at one point the part of Beelzebub's job as the ruler of Pandemonium is to make sure that all the inhabitants of hell are comfortable and safe. Um, so it's like... Um, if you sort of take hell to mean separation from God, again, I'm not going to get into theology right now. I guess it's just the other place. That's all there is to it. It's just, you're not with God, you're in hell instead. So, have fun. So, so, uh, Invario in chat, uh, asked if this was a show for children. He was making a joke, but I want to, man, this show confuses the hell out of me. Like, <laughs> this show wants to have its cake and eat it, too. It wants to be this wholesome, adorable, like, slice of life in bubblegum hell and also just have naked girls in the show and make jokes about how our main character wants to protect cleavage. And it's it's for me. You're describing me. You're describing a show that I, <laughs> that I have watched. <laughs> this is this is this is exactly this is exactly what I signed up for. <laughs> it's it's uh yeah no this this show is is meant particularly for I think me like people people who who like um the demon shit people who like like the the, the one of the greatest moments in this show is when one of the characters says Lord Satan-sama. And I was like, Satan-sama! <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, Meanwhile, if you've so, been any uh, Puyo Pop, you've been hearing that for years. So <laughs> Exactly, but this is the first time I'd heard Satan-sama, and I was like, <laughs> oh, yes. And so I started trying to find the Japanese translation for Hail Satan-sama. But, um... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, um... Yeah, this, this show... The aesthetic and everything. It's, it's, it's exact. Okay. It's exactly for a pseudo goth kid who really likes cotton candy. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this show has a lot of really bad tropes. Like, it's terrible. (laughs) The, uh, I I I hmm. I kind of like how they took one trope and flipped it on its head where uh Beelzebub is completely fine just being naked around her attendant and does not give a shit and her attendant is the like uh super embarrassed high school girl who can't handle anything lewd. Um so it, 
I guess it's nice that they gender flipped it, but not really. It doesn't help. It's still obnoxious. Uh, um, I mean, when they when they showed the alpaca sweater at first, I was just like, as and Chris was sitting right there with me, and I just like put my hand up and was just like, if that's a fucking nightgown, I'm gonna <laughs> lose my shit. Like, it just, oh, and then when I brought out the sweater, I was like, oh, okay, it's just a sweater, whatever. And then she started sleeping in it. I was like, oh, hell no. Like, it's just, the whole. But the logic and, behind it, there was and, a logic behind it outside of that, though, which was that he got it for her because he didn't want her to get sick. That's why he, that's why he got it. Okay. But, and that's explained. And because she loves fluffy shit. Okay. But. I, I don't know. It's just hard for me to. Uh, did Libby see freeze for anyone is... else? Yeah, yeah Libby froze. Uh, hold that thought. If you can hear us, hold the thought I for a second. You. Let the connection clear up. Okay. okay now cool. okay. start again. <laughs> so, and I understand that the, those are like the reasons that are put forth, but it, it's just. First of all, the the she's going to get sick thing. This is hell. Like I just. I mean, maybe they do get sick in hell, but it's just like, to me, it seemed like they do. One of the characters catches a cold in a later episode. (laughs) Like, and I'm not trying to put down on anybody's tribbles kink. You know, if you like to get naked and have a bunch of tribbles all over your body, (laughs) you do you. Tribbles. That's what I was trying to think of. Yep. I just kept. I was just like, why the fuck are there tribbles in this show? But. I, the fact that he takes such offense to the fact that she's I, I don't know it, it's it the the problem with me is I have seen this character this female character in a lot of different shows the carefree she's just free and naked because of how stupid she is <laughs> and she's just so just I can't I have no thoughts in my head I'll just she's this, manic pixie dream girl Exactly. You know, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll just have this kitten in between my breasts. Oh, oh, that makes you look at my breasts. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even think of that. It's just it's so like I hated the interaction between them two. So seeing like the, the sweater being worn as the nightgown, mm-hmm. it just ugh. I think also just something that struck that. me um, as I was watching this is just like. I think I would have liked it a lot better. And they had a couple of moments where mainly through background and just like kind of expositing like, oh, yeah, back in the day she did this and that makes her a badass. But I would have liked it a whole lot better if like even if she was cute, if she was also a badass, like exactly. she, she just like very nonchalantly is just like, oh, yeah, no, like you can go die or something like that. Like, That's one thing yeah. she needed was a moment. She needed a moment where she just like loaded th- this is why and you are a demon. Lord. That would have really, made <laughs> you know, yeah. And instead, it was just like, it's going about my day, you know. Well, right. and I, I, that that is something that also just didn't make any sense to me. That it's just like, she's like she's signing all these documents and like going about her day. And she's like in charge of pandemonium and has no idea what's going on. Like just <laughs> constantly, oh, what? I don't understand. I'm just like, it, this makes no sense. But you talk about how she, you know was in this great battle and and was all you know kicked a she's bunch res- of ass she's and it's respected just like, that as a great ruler you know yeah. it's just like she's literally just standing there and doing nothing <laughs> and like having big do- like doe eyes at her assistant and i just i don't know it it was definitely that type of female character is very overdone 
Like, and I've seen it also, I, I mean, I've seen it just in general, but I've also seen it a lot in anime. And it's so it just, it hits a certain chord for me where I'm just like, yeah. And I feel like even if she was that way, and then the last 30 seconds of the episode, she lost her shit and like sliced off somebody's head, I would have been like, <laughs> hell yes, I'm in for the show. Let's yeah. watch all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's, that, um... That makes total sense. I think the thing about this show that I really dug about it was just the... There's two things. The first thing is atmospheric. And the second thing is Miss Beezlebub, as the show goes on, uh, her personality gets fleshed out. So the first in the first episode, she is a ditzy manic pixie dream girl. And as the as the show goes on, her personality does get fleshed out through interactions with the other lords of hell and through, you know, these kinds of situations. Also, they introduce uh, Azazel, who I think is the, probably the greatest character in anime. He's this big fucking scary dude, and he only talks through signs because he's socially awkward and doesn't have to talk to people. <laughs> it is great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, it, it does... Those, those uh, issues are totally accurate to the first episode i will say it does get fleshed out um so they're not they're not totally doing that all there's she has an interaction with a lord of hell who uh uh is a sort of you get the feeling that he's a womanizer but also a moron and he uh i mean in in a sense kind of sort of sexually assaulted but not really he just gives her a hug but it's like she doesn't like it yeah and she she tells him to fuck off like a couple of times. So it's she she does gain agency as the show fleshes her character. Oh. Um So yeah, it it happens. And it also is sort of a, a sub romance type of situation where she and the assistant, I mean, there's obviously the seeds of a relationship. And so they're yeah, as it goes along they do flesh it out. But yeah, the first episode she definitely is Ditsy Manic Pixie Dream Girl, which is why I didn't watch any more of this show until just the other night when I was like, What is this? And I started watching more of it and it was like, Oh, okay. I love it. <laughs> when I, and I actually wrote this out, but at the end of the episode when she realizes, Oh, he had to come and save me in the alley, so it must be because he cares for me. And she's sitting in her room and thinking about it and the narrator just says Surprisingly, Beelzebub, ruler of hell, does not know how to handle the opposite sex. <laughs> oh, it's God, like, yeah, yeah, no fucking shit. Like, <laughs> that's just what the entire audience is thinking. It's just like, you're like a ruler of hell and and you haven't, like... Uh, like you You've been around gotten... since literally creation. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't gotten the shit figured out yet. Yeah, and just... <laughs> I was just like, well, that's... I feel like that's what the whole audience is thinking is just like, how is like this insane ruler of hell doesn't, but doesn't know how to talk to boys. Right. (laughs) But that's exactly what piqued my interest about. That's exactly what made me go back and watch more. It was just like, what's the logic of this world? Yeah. And I feel like that is the only reason to go back is seeing that episode and just being like, okay, what the fuck are they going to do with this? Like, that's kind of good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, clearly, like, what the show is trying to be is um, just subversion. The entire show is just meant to subvert. Even the plot of the first episode, primarily, and probably most of the show, is just MC 
coming to grips with this not being what he expected of Beelzebub. Um, and we, the audience, are trying, if we care, to come to grips with this not being what we expect from hell. It's not really clever, though. It's just... I don't know. Yeah, it's I, exactly... It's it's bubblegum hell. It's exactly the subversion of hell that you would do if you were subverting hell. Uh, I really wanted to see the, the dynamic where, like, Beelzebub was this incredible fighter, but, like, actually a really bad politician... I, I, yeah, oh, she's a I, I terrible down for that. <laughs> she's a terrible beer. And it ends up that 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 is sort of the 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 one of the reasons that some of the shows have been so he hates her. So because she's just not she just doesn't want to push papers. Alright, so that actually makes me a little bit interested in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's she's always trying to avoid doing her job. And that's part of the setup for the assistance thing, is like he's constantly trying to get her like you have a job to do. Come on. You got to do this job. And she hates it. She hates it. She hates the whole thing. And um, there's an interesting thing. This is basically, from watching later episodes, this basically unfolds like awkward high school romance, but hell and demons. um, And other kind of character quirks of other characters that are introduced who are awesome. Azazel, uh... Husbando always. Anyway, because <laughs> um, <laughs> I love him, he's so he's a nice. He collects teddy bears. He is this scary looking demon, and he collects teddy bears and talks through signs because he's too awkward to actually talk to people. Um, it's great, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 basically just awkward high school romance meets uh workplace comedy in hell. That's all it is. That's exactly and, and why that's... I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I do have a question. Is it is it addressed later? Because I, I, I saw this and I, I've, it was making me mad watching it, but it, it's not really a problem if it's addressed later in the series because sometimes this type of conflict is made. But the fact that uh, the assistant was so embarrassed for her because she's comfortable with her sexuality... That to me, it made mm-hmm. me so mad to watch, and I was just like, like when That's they're out a, in public, and and he says something yeah. to her to the effect of, "Well, how am I supposed to do my job when you just keep creating trouble?" Like, and mm-hmm. the trouble was the fact that her boobs were out, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, uh, I'm, and I will have a lot more faith in the show if you tell me he learns his lesson on that. <laughs> I, I have a feeling he might, but there's also, just, this is just an anime trope. Um, the main character who's sexually frustrated and awkward with sexuality generally. Yeah. Um, that's just a character in every, um, that's, that's one of the main reasons that high school DXD is so good, even though it's an etchy is because the main character isn't, um, but yeah, the, 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 I, I look, I mean, the first episode, the only time you really see that much nudity is in the first episode. It's yeah. in the and it's a little bit of fan service to get you into the show because anime needs that. Um, yeah. Or at least anime has decided that it needs that. <laughs> so, um, the, <laughs> right. Exactly. So <laughs> it's not like addressed, addressed, but as the relationship develops, I'm only like halfway through the show, but as the relationship develops, I get a feeling that it's going to be less of that unless they stick to the 
sexually frustrated and sexually awkward main character trope, uh, in which case they might just stick. Um, the other thing about it, though, is that you start to see the relationship that develops is weirdly wholesome because <laughs> like there's a moment later on where they're out eating lunch and he's looking around and there's a bunch of couples around and he's like, people are here on dates. Holy shit. Is this a date? This isn't a date. We're not on a date. What's this? Like it's, it's a weirdly, I don't know. It's, it's awkward high school romance. It's, it's as the show develops, a lot of your complaints get addressed. Uh, they're not all of them. It still maintains, uh, the dynamic of, of the first episode, but so what you're saying, yeah. Dean, is it really is hell. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is exactly right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally... Uh, the first episode does not do a good job of characterizing Basil. And it, it starts to flesh it out. And it also does rely a lot on tropes. The wall hand slap mm-hmm. trope. That's a that that is every fucking third show and every romance has a wall hand slap where he gets awkwardly close to the female character and says something poignant. That's a that's a that's every single show. So it's very very tropey. That doesn't go. Away. <laughs> uh all right, scores for this show, Chris. Did the premise interest me for reasons I've already said? No. Um, for the production impress me? No. Um, I didn't like the aesthetic and the production value wasn't particularly great. It was it was fine, I suppose, but nah. Did the storytelling impress me? No, for all the reasons I've already said. Did I enjoy the first episode? No, for all the reasons I've already said. Did the first episode make me interested to see more? No. And Dean, you know, even with you saying a few things that could make it seem a little bit more worthwhile, doesn't make me more interested, but... Again, we judge these shows based on the first episode, and the first episode was just what exactly. the hell, no pun intended. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, that is it's straight zeros for me. Dean? Um, so my interest in this scenario was definitely there going in, because demon shit. If you put demon titles and demon names and shit, I'm going to watch it and, and, and probably want to like it. Uh, just because that stuff, especially, I mean, it breaks it if the demonology is not good. But the demonology in this, like, these people have obviously at least read the wiki. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they they know a little bit. Um, so, I dug it, uh, and the scenario did interest me. Did the production impress me? Okay. This was a roller coaster for me. Because I hate, 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 hate that fucking washed out uh, pastel pout thing. I hate it. I hate that aesthetic. But if it's the show, perfect. Um, and so as far as the production goes, also the 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 tropey sort of chibi reaction faces and shit that happen in the show, I kind of dug because it, it fits. Again, it fits the show. It fits the characters. Everything about the production of this show fits what it is. Um, even if it's not necessarily shit that I like, it fits what it wants to be. So... Um, I am going to say it impressed me because it all felt like it was in its place. And there was no conflict between... Um, a lot of the times you get you get conflicting tone and things like that. There was none of that. Um, the storytelling impressed me. Ah, uh, no. No, it didn't. Um, the storytelling in the first episode is not... 
it basically just serves to set up MC. And that's all it's there. Um, you don't get any of the other characters. You don't get anything really super interesting in the first episode. And the story in the first episode is actually kind of slow. So I, I did not like it, uh, like the storytelling aspect of it. Did I enjoy episode one? Yes. And am I interested to see more? Yes. Because it's so fun. It's just so much fun. <laughs> uh, Libby, what's your scores? Uh, gotta say, uh, did the premise interest you? Yes. I would say yes, um, if it had gone a different way. I honestly feel like if it had kept this cute aesthetic... And even the cute, like, conversations back and forth, but this, but like, then randomly they would just be cute, just be like, well, I guess I have to murder you and just yeah. stab somebody in the eye. I would have been so down for that. That would have been hilarious. So that's what I thought I was going into. So I'll say, yes, it did interest me at the beginning. Uh, did the production impress you? No. I, I would say it was, you know, it was there, but it wasn't anything really impressive. Uh, storytelling, no. I I found the uh, for for all the reasons I said. I just I felt like there were a lot of um, sexist themes in it that I just didn't appreciate. Um, and uh, it, and it it is very hard for me to watch something like that without getting annoyed because of having those type of expectations put on me as a woman. It's difficult for me to then watch that and be like, oh, well, you know, it's a part of this. It's like, yes, logically, but I'm pissed off. <laughs> and um, did, I, did I enjoy it? No. Um, and did I want to see more? Nah. So that's a one for you? Yeah, that'd be a one. All right, for me... Did the premise interest me? Uh, uh, um, I'm going to give it a yes. I am all about cute girls doing cute things regardless of the setting and bubblegum hell isn't exactly my cup of tea but uh i'm down for some cute girls in bubblegum hell triple kink yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh did the production impress me not particularly no i I actually really did like the color palette. Uh, I liked the washed out um, washed out isn't quite the right way to phrase it. The kind of pale like Easter colors almost. Yep. Uh, also there was a there was a really weird thing I noticed which this is like the the weirdest gripe I could possibly conceive of for any show ever. But so like this show definitely didn't shy away from fan service. And fan service is definitely not a thing I look for in shows. However, um 
in the very opening sequence when she's in the dream world and she's like bouncing her boobs were oddly static like completely unmoving and i don't want like super titty bounce simulator but seeing them held so tightly in place was also a little bit jarring you know what's funny about that is that if she was legitimately wearing a super intense corset they wouldn't move hmm. <laughs> huh. yeah you're right but uh the corset yeah, from hell. Sh- yeah the corset <laughs> from hell uh, i i know that because i was in a theater production where i had to wear one like that and uh but 99 percent of the time you would be correct that <laughs> boobs just not moving at all even in that situation flying into the sky they did they'd shift a little bit something would happen <laughs> something would happen. <laughs> and so would happen. all all of that to say the production didn't impress me um did i enjoy the first episode again it was kind of a roller coaster for me like i went and i was like all right this is kind of uh was kind of on board and then I, there were some things that made me a little bit upset with the show and then I was like alright I'm on board again and then I was like eh, I'm not really about this uh, overall I'll say I enjoyed it it was not but that's like hmm Overall, I th- I think the experience was positive, but it was not without its flaws, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and I'm not really interested to see more, so it's just a two for me. Uh, which brings our total score for this show to a six or 30%. Dean... You want to tell us about our next show, Rewrited? So, <clears throat> I watched all of this. Why? All right. <laughs> because Dean is surprising us with this bad taste in anime this week. I know. I, I apparently have shit taste this week. Um, You've reached that phase in your development. I know, right? <laughs> um... The only reason, I'll tell you the reason I watched it later. But, um, okay, so our main character's name is Derrida, which makes Rewrite D a loose anagram mm-hmm. of Derrida. One of the E's becomes an A. Um, so, there. That's that's why it's called Rewrite I think. Uh, that's the only thing that makes any sense, because the title's dumb. Um, it's like the sponge so- going, Rewrite it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we open on our main character and his friends two scientists these are two scientists who are talking to the ceo of this company and what they've discovered is a bug they found a bug in the automaton these are robots that have now been introduced into society for about five years and society's become almost completely dependent upon these automatons so so they 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 found a bug in this new new line of automatons and they want to fix it because it turns out if the automatons are given the same command in a large group they go hey what freak the fuck out I don't know exactly what would cause that kind of bug, but weirder things have happened. There's a great blog about weird bugs that have happened and things that I like to read because it's hilarious what happens. So it's not anyway, a bug, it's a feature. 
<laughs> it turns out. <laughs> However, um, so they find this bug in the robot, and then he's like, okay, so I got to go to my friend who was here with me at the beginning of the show. You remember him? I have to go to, to his daughter's birthday party. It's a small party. It's just the daughter, one of her friends, and then him and his buddy. And they go and they go to the to the birthday party. And they're there at the birthday party. And he's really nice with this kid. This kid, he's, he's obviously kind of like an uncle sort of figure, this kid. It's, it's, it's a really cool relationship. And uh, the kid's friend as well. They're all playing and having fun. And uh, we, we, we learn through a television exposition that there's a war that there's a war on. And they turn off the television because no bad news on this birthday. And then the little girl sings an incredibly short song. And then <laughs> they <laughs> they do. <laughs> it, it's the result of the shortening attention span, you see, Dean. Like, in the future, like, we just, like, have short and shorter attention spans to the point where songs, songs are, are all just... 30 seconds long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then Earl Sweatshirt's new album fits perfectly. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's a, uh, <laughs> it's it's very short. It's like a minute and a half long songs on that album. It's, it's so disappointing. Anyway, so, um. What was I saying? Oh yeah. So they do the birthday shenanigans and then he goes out and he's talking to the girl and, and, and he's talking to the girl and he's like, I need you to give this to your dad. And the dad uh, earlier had asked like, Hey, you want to work with me on this time travel thing that you came up with like a long time ago? And he's like, no, I'm not going to help you with that. It's stupid. Cause it was a thing that I came up with. And I know it's stupid cause I came up with it. And the guy's like, no, I think it's real. And so the, the girl overhears this, he goes outside, he's talking to the girl and she's like, why won't you help my dad with the time travel thing that you came up with? And he's like, because it's stupid and I came up with it, so I know. <laughs> and she's she's like, okay, well, you're, I guess, I guess that upsets me a little bit, but whatever, you're like a cool uncle and I like you. So he's like, I need you to give this to your dad. And he gives her this little, this little, uh, not SD card. And it's a, uh, on it is the key to access the, the, the patch for the bug in the thing. And, she, and he's like, I need you to give this to your dad. Cause I think dad passed out on the couch. Anyway. So they're going to, so he leaves and he's going to go uh, talk to his father and uh, try to get his father who came up with the automata. He's the inventor. He's going to try and get his father to do the patch thing or get him on board or whatever. And the father's like, hey, man, you need to distance yourself from this whole thing. This is not safe for you. And he says, I don't give a fuck for some reason. And he leaves. Uh, and then... No, no, he uh, he says time jump? he says you always liked the automata more than me. You even give them the same <laughs> initials as me. <laughs> it's it's exactly that kind of bullshit. So he um so he goes to uh the the apparently somebody kills his dad or something and he's like they're after us. And so he goes and his buddy comes and and he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm here to save you in a van. I just hit a dumpster, but ignore that." And <laughs> They go to the, uh, and so he's in the thing with his friend and he's like, so she gave you the key thing, right? And he's like, what are you talking about? I didn't get nothing. And he's like, she has it. And he's like, no, she's at the hospital. She tried to do an experiment with the time travel thing that you invented, uh, that you think is dumb, which you would know because you invented it. And (laughs) she, she tried to do an experiment with it and she slipped into a coma and it, it does, she's in the hospital. I had to take her right to the hospital. And he's like, fuck, are you kidding? That's bad news. Cause she had a thing to give you. And he's like, okay, shit, I'll, I'll guess I'll, I guess we have to turn around and I'm also going to freak out at the same time and roll the van. So he rolls a van and then the CEO dude comes up and he's like, bang, bang, you're dead. And then he tells Derrida, he's like, this is how this is going to go down. You killed your dad and then you killed your friend and then you killed yourself. And that's what the news is going to say tomorrow. And Derrida's like, the hell it is. And he runs away. He runs away into the woods and he falls into this like air vent 
and he slides down into this room that seems to be designed to have people slide down air vents into it. It's yeah. <laughs> literally like all the room is. It just has fucking random ass <laughs> air vents jumping into it at different <laughs> angles. <laughs> it's just it's just ducts going down and uh so he's like shit I'm in a place and he walks over and then Futurama happens. He falls into a cryostasis chamber and it lets him out after 10 years. And that's how we time travel. Uh, <laughs> I, saw, I feel like we need to address that first. The accidental <laughs> cryostasis. How, how the fuck? Like, it's like they, there's no explanation. No Oops, expla- he I seem to have fallen into this cryostasis chamber. It's like, oh no! Exactly. I just thought I was going to take a nap. Like, it, it sure is awfully inconvenient for me that I happen to fall in such a way that the automatic locks are going to immediately lock me in place. It, it, it sure is. It sure is unfortunate that I fell perfectly into this thing and not like with one arm up on the side where then it wouldn't have been able to lock me in. You're yeah. describing exactly the first episode of Futurama. <laughs> Except with Futurama, well, it was a little bit more believable because at least it was upright and at an angle. This was just right, like, this was, exactly. this, this was like, this he was a bad. He clearly had to climb into this. But, yeah. I mean, one thing is before he went into the cryo chamber accidentally somehow, he was in the forest and he saw the little girl. Like, and she's like, she was in like a weird thing. And And then he goes to the, uh, well, after there's more to this episode, right? Because I'm, I'm done with the show. So I don't, does the episode continue where he opens, he wakes up in the future and there's the kill bots everywhere. And then he gets saved by a dude. Uh, he wakes up in the future, but we don't get to the kill bots. No, it just shows the little girl, the, uh, for her birthday, he got her a pocket watch and it shows someone doesn't say her. Put the pocket watch on the cryo on chamber. On the cryo chamber. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So, and then that's how the episode, he wakes up and it's it's a, it's a hellscape. You get to see that it's an absolute post-apocalyptic hellscape, right? Um, yeah. I, and I then like, that's when the episode I ends. like how all the cities have become overgrown in, how many years is this supposed to be? Ten. Ten? It was just, it was just ten years. And you end up finding out later that the calamity happened only about a year after he fell into the cryo chamber. Uh, so, all right. So, so the way we explain this, Ryan, is that the automatons were actually really concerned about global warming, so they aggressively planted all this stuff to turn Earth green again. Sure, I'll I'll buy it. I'll buy that for a dollar. So anyway, uh, I watched the rest of the show, and uh, yeah, it's not bad. Um, I guess. It's probably bad. I don't. But it's bad. It's... Yeah, I was about to say I don't believe you. i'll I'll be honest i think that here's the thing i definitely thought that the story itself had potential i had there was stuff in it that actually did intrigue me like the the little girl obviously didn't did some type of time something or other but it clearly wasn't it didn't go right uh because her body is still there but somehow her like soul or astral body is still traveling through time and space and what have you right and that's exactly you hit the nail on the head (laughs) (laughs) that is exactly what's happening (laughs) too many episodes of star trek i figure this shit out but (laughs) i definitely i there were some things in it that i was really intrigued by um but uh, you know i felt like it, it had a very abrupt ending that then I wasn't interested to see the next one mm-hmm. because it was so, like, random 
now he's in cryostasis somehow accidentally okay what <laughs> like how okay. yeah they kind of yada yada <laughs> that <laughs> what like i just i was just okay so we're just I, I was just saying, I just like, it, me and Chris watched this, and I just looked over at Chris and I was like, is that the end of the episode? <laughs> like, it yeah, sure it, is it, convenient it, for the plot of this story that there's a cryo, uh, an abandoned cryostasis <laughs> yeah. research lab under this forest where we crashed our car. And I slide right into it. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, like, in, I'm going to make it sound really corny, but, like, the idea, too, that, like, the, the time travel and stuff like that is basically built on, um, like, wish fulfillment. Like, the, what you Believing in the heart desire. of the cards. Yeah, basically. Like, what you desire and, like, consciousness and all this different stuff is kind of what defines this. When it's, like, that's an interesting angle to pursue and it's a little bit unique. It's a little more, um, like, metaphysical than trying to be, like, hard sci-fi with your time travel, which is kind of fun. Um, but... I didn't really feel like they're going to go anywhere super interesting with it. Um, and it, it, when they were talking <laughs> about that, like the little girl and the and MC were talking about this in the garden or whatever, I could see where they're going with it. And I was like, okay, given what they've shown me so far, could be an interesting plot, but I know exactly where it's going. And I don't think I'm going to like it. <clears throat> so yeah, it's definitely not um, anything mind. It's the, the, especially in the first episode, it's, it's all just set up to get him to the, um, which is fine, but I don't know. It, it's a, basically the way that I got through this show in a day is by, eh, I'll give it one more. And then that episode ends and eh, I'll give it one more. And then yeah. I'm, I'm with, I'm within three episodes of finishing the series before I know it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to finish it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say, I thought the animation was really beautiful. I remember you just, I've, uh, you cut out there for like, me. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, I was just saying that the animation I felt like was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like watching the snow and everything. What? <laughs> I thought it was. The animation in the show was It was ass. <laughs> <laughs> Well then, I'll just sip my beer and you can start talking. <laughs> you're going to see a thing. You're going to, later, it, 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 the animation shows promise in the first episode. And then there, there are really pretty bits. But... I will say of the aesthetic, I thought that they did, they had a very interesting look and the visual world building was actually pretty interesting. Um, I wasn't blown away by it, but it definitely had a very unique feel. And I kind of liked seeing um, kind of like this interesting take on the future where like the interior architecture and stuff like that was like, okay, this is this is kind of interesting. Like someone had an interesting design sense. Now, um, that doesn't mean, though, that like, it, at least in my opinion, I didn't think the animation was particularly impressive. At points, it did look a little bit bad, but I thought the art direction overall was solid. Not necessarily my cup of tea, but they definitely had a very... They were very intentional about their aesthetic, and I thought that they had a unique one. So it, it did jump out to me in that regard. Oh, I guess that's fair. What stuck out to me was that every vehicle was CG, that there were no people who weren't the main characters in this world. This world was completely devoid of other humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did feel very sparse. All the, yeah. all the environments yeah. were like very empty, except for like we got one pretty decent shot of the town at the beginning. Uh, 
Yeah, I was, I was. Well, I hope you like. I hope you like CG cars because there's a supporting character in this show who is literally a CG car with AI. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! Uh, I also want to talk because Dean touched on this in his recap. I, I don't really want to talk about it. I want to complain about it and then move <laughs> on. The the freaking car chase, except that there was only one car involved in this car chase and they were not being chased and they were just fucking like yeah. drifting through the, yeah. the city at night <laughs> crashing into random shit. <laughs> Dude, they they literally hit a dumpster and just keep driving. <laughs> I actually did appreciate that because it's like this is this is what would happen when you're when you feel like you need to drive as fast as you can away to get away from whoever's coming after you, but you don't know how to drive fast, and so you just run into shit and then you keep <laughs> <Yeah>. going. <laughs> so I kind of appreciated the realism there. Uh I hated this show so much. <laughs> I was so angry the entire time. This show is not good. You should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I do like bad anime. It does things, but not later this on, kind of bad things... anime. <laughs> it does things later on that do kind of operate on a philosophical level, um, but it, it's it's not great. It's from the director of Steins Gate, which is honestly a lot of the reason that I kept going. Like, okay, I'll give it another one. I'll give it another one. I'll give it another one because they they kind of pepper in interesting shit as the show goes. And it's it's it was just enough to keep me hooked in. It wasn't great. It was not a great show. That, it's um, interesting you say that because actually there were parts that reminded me a little bit of Steins Gate. But being the director of the anime adaptation of Steins Gate, Steins Gate doesn't make you the writer of Steins Gate. Now I'd have to check the credits. Maybe this is the same guy. I don't think it is though because uh, that's right. Steins Gate yeah. had the benefit of having an amazing visual novel to work from. Um, and this mm-hmm. seems more like an original thing, unless maybe it's a light novel or something. I don't know, but. It, it is it, it is very much um, it's very much what you would expect from someone who had a a relationship with Steins Gate but didn't make Steins Gate. <laughs> um, it's but it, it honestly, man, I don't know. It just peppers things through that I really enjoyed and 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 uh, yeah, it's definitely not good. You should watch. It. <laughs> All right, uh, scores for this show, Dean. Um, as far as the scenario interesting me, no. I had no interest in this show. It looked dumb. The title is literally Derrida Who Leaps Through Time. I don't fucking care. Uh, now, did the production impress me? No. This is HD digital anime. It looked like HD digital anime and there was nothing of note. Did the storytelling impress me? Yes. I love the characters in this show. I love them deeply. Did I enjoy episode one? Yes. I did enjoy watching episode one and also the rest of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. Barely. (laughs) Just enough to keep watching. Am I interested to see more? Was and have. It's fine. Uh, Was that a two? No, that was uh, one, two... Three, I believe it was a th- All right. I missed one of those. Uh, Libby, what are your scores for this show? Um, I would say the premise interests me. No, I felt like there were a lot of uh, very typical archetypes in this show, like the 
the corrupt father scientist and the military trying to use it for their own personal gain. Like, I just, it was very uh, typical in that regard, and so I, I wasn't super interested. Um, the production, uh, I would I would have to say no also. Like, I, I, I liked some of the stuff, despite apparently it was ass, but... <laughs> It's uh, I don't know. I'd had three scotches at that point. It, they, it could have been terrible, but <laughs> um, the snow was pretty. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that got me. Is the snow was. was pretty. Thank you. There, there were a few moments with uh, some pretty nice cinematography, actually, like kind of. The... Yeah, I, I will agree that like the CG cars that I was just like, all right, like <laughs> really. Um, did the storytelling impress me? No, I gotta say no. Um, I, I was, I mean, when they brought up the time jump thing, I just felt like the way they did was very arbitrary. It was just like, oh, hey, you know, we need to introduce this part because then how else will he jump through time? Okay. Yeah, time well, travel in the show is it. very arbitrary. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I feel like a friend would have already known if he had come up with this idea and released it to his friend. I feel like. He wouldn't just be like, oh, hey, randomly, I know that you abandoned this idea and you don't like it, but you want to come work with me? Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt like very much exposition that needed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, did I enjoy it? I gotta say, I gotta say no. It's, it intrigued me, but not to the point where I actually was enjoying what I was watching. Um and did the first episode interest me to see more? I gotta say, it's probably the same as, like, the sumo episode, where there were some elements that I was, like, intrigued by. If it Would, would it intrigue me enough to actually look it up and watch it? No. Probably not. So that'll be a zero for me. Uh, for me, it's also a zero. I was not interested in the premise... I was not impressed by the production, the storytelling, absolutely not. Um, the show actively made me angry while I was watching it, so I did not enjoy it, and I am <laughs> not going to see more. What about you, Chris? Uh, premise, you know, even with what I said about having a few interesting ideas overall, no, it felt very kind of generically original if that makes sense where like you can tell someone put a lot of thought and effort into like hey here's the world i'm gonna build but it also felt like every other unique world which is a weird thing to say but um that's kind of the vibe i got from it um did the production impress you um no uh again they had a few nice moments but not enough to impress me overall uh storytelling had some decent characterization actually honestly had some decent plot threads some decent ideas but the way it was executed just didn't jump out to me, so I'm going to say no there. Um, I didn't really enjoy the first episode for all those reasons. Like, I was going through it, and I didn't mind it, and was all right. But in the end, I was like, okay, I, I wasn't I wasn't that into it. Uh, and did the first episode make me interested to see more? Uh, Answer is no. So a zero overall for me. On your, on your thing about it being sort of uh, original in a derivative way, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's kind of original in that the things that they're stealing from haven't been stolen from like this exactly. Um, the it's, it's basically the world before he falls into the chamber is basically just the world of psychopaths plus robots. 
right? You have all this cool technology and a big spire in the middle of the city, and all this other blah, blah, blah. Um, and then after he comes out of the cryostasis chamber, it's basically Terminator. It, it's just, it's, there's uh, actually heavy Terminator influence. But, I don't know, man. It, it's, it, I, it, there was something about it that kept me watching. And I think it might have been just those influences being in it. Um, also, there's a, there's a guy and his daughter and their relationship. It's just so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, our total score for this show is a 3 or a 15%. Uh, before we move on, I have to ask... Uh, Dean, does the CEO of this company like use the bots going haywire so that nobody can control them to like rise to power of this new apocalyptic world, or does he just eat shit when the world dies? Um. Okay. So, spoiler for episode two. So this isn't like a big, big deal, but I believe it's episode two or three that this gets revealed, which is not when the actual meat of the story. Is. Um, the bug was known, and it was actually programmed. So the idea is that you make the war a quagmire. It's actually very prescient for today's political climate. You make the war a quagmire so that the people who want to be in power can make it to power based on the war. Oh, okay. That's actually interesting. Yeah. It was a it, it was intention. And the 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 fix and all that, it was all known already. They knew the bug was there because they made it be there. And they actually introduced the character who uh, rigged the QA so it wouldn't get caught. And they they, they address all of them. Um, and in interesting ways. So, yeah, it's it's not it's not particularly great. The time travel's arbitrary and, and ultimately not the point. Um, but it's... I don't know. There's something about it that kept me watching. And I think part of it also was that some of the relationships between the characters are just so hard. Um, the guy and his daughter, there's a whole thing there you could dive into for hours. Um, but it's, it's, I don't know. I liked it. It's bad. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last show we have to talk about today is Radiant. Uh, Radiant is uh, I don't know so like our our main character is basically a wizard but uh in this world you only get wizard powers if you're a special kind of human who can touch the uh the Monsters that rain from the sky and not die. You get touched by a worse designed angel from Evangelion. <laughs> I think it's called. They called it Spawn in this show. They called it n- Nimbus. Nim. Nim. Oh, nim, I- nim. Nim. Something. Nim. Nim. Nin. Something with an N. Something. Uh, yeah. Uh, Necrophos. Not that. Ne- necro- <laughs> Necrophiliacs. Well, so, I watch. <laughs> As I was watching this, I felt like I was actually intrigued, but now I can't remember what it was about. No, this show was shown in garbage. It was it was not good. Uh, um, I um, I didn't like this show. Uh, yeah, so there there are these weird <laughs> monsters that rain from the sky, and for most people, if they even get touched. 
by these monsters, they die. But there's a select group of people who, when they get touched by these monsters, instead of dying, they get wizard powers, uh, and then they can fight these monsters. But, uh... Bad evolutionary design on these monsters. <laughs> you, you're going to give the, the, the people that you're invading, you're going to give them the power to beat you. Uh, that's almost like the United States in the Middle East. Oh, shit. Never mind. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, um, also, again, evolution is random, so it's not like they chose to be that way. It's just how it ended up. So, I mean, yeah. That's true, but I don't see how that's not an evolutionary dead end. Like that, that <laughs> nope, that's about to be, because that's, that's what the show's about. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's something specifically about human biology. They don't address it. <laughs> not in the first episode, well, at least. Oh. The first episode is too preoccupied showing how everyone in this town hates the sorcerers and thinks they're bad luck on, and uh, is going to... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Be a whole bunch of jerks. Sabotage. They're they're going to be mean to these sorcerers <laughs> be a because whole bunch of jerks. <laughs> because they don't understand the sorcerers and they're afraid of them. And then one of these monsters shows up in their town and and they're like, "Go get the sorcerers to save us. We need the sorcerers. It's their only job to save us. It doesn't matter if they <laughs> die." Uh, which uh, seems self defeating if your character is not. If the sorcerers in your town like happen to be human and not just like, well, it doesn't matter that everyone in the world hates us. We're going to do good and save them because that's what good people do. Uh, Luckily for this town, that's exactly how the sorcerers here behave. Um, So they decide to save the town anyways and... Our main character is gonna be a badass and save the town, and then he gets uh, beat up. And then some random kid is like, I'm gonna run at the monster and save my friend who's a sorcerer that I've become friends with, even though everyone told me not to. Uh, And then he goes, oh, wait, this was a bad idea. And our sorcerer main character saves this little kid who he's become friends with, and then some other sorcerers. This is terrible, show up. and it turns out I'm a tiny moron. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the episode. <laughs> I will say, so our main characters, I think it's, it's, I think it's his adoptive mother. Mm-hmm. Um, right. From the uh, relationship, it doesn't seem to be his. It seems like I think it's his aunt. I think. I think he, it's, he calls it's her some Aunt sort Alma, of, I'm pretty sure. It's some um, sort of not, not like, they're not mother and son. She, like, took him in after he became a sorcerer. Is yeah, aunt, aunt could be, like, just kind of a term of endearment, kind of. But I would just like to say, best girl for me in this show, not Alma, Alma's hair. <laughs> her hair is fire. Like it is absolutely heroic. <laughs> oh, it's incredible! I'm just like I, the moment she came on screen, I was just like, "Girl!" Like, oh, just couldn't. It gives but her I, a very identifiable silhouette because oh, yeah. they use silhouettes in the OP, and you know she's she's not sneaking up on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> But I did, that being said, though, I did think she was a very interesting female character that 
you know, I didn't really enjoy the show itself, but it was kind of nice to see, like, this kind of badass female character that, you know, when, when she first showed up on screen, I didn't know if she was a woman or, or a man. She was very androgynous looking, and I, I, I will say that is kind of rare, in at least in the animes I've seen, uh, for a character that's actually taken seriously. A lot of the time, if there are women in the shows that are not feminine at all, they're kind of just there for framing purposes, not really as part of the storyline. With that being said, I think, you know, the character development with her and with all of them was just very flat and just not interesting. Um, the And the show was just... You could tell, I mean, the fact that it opened up, like, I hate when, like, animes open up with, like, here, let's show a map of the world that we're talking about, and here, we have a narrator that's talking Voice about... Voice-over exposition! <laughs> in a world! <laughs> you know, just like, and I, I, I was just sitting there, and at the end of it, I just turned to Chris, and I was just like, you remember any of that? And he's like... Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll be reminded later. It's, it's, well, it also, it's voiceover exposition, which means it's going to be repeated in the episode. It yeah. also wasn't By very characters interesting. In so like, yeah, it, it wasn't a very interesting storyline. Just So, like, it didn't make itself. me want to pay attention. So, yeah, no, I wasn't paying attention. So, no, I, I don't remember that. And I'm not going no. to remember that. <laughs> no, I don't remember that at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that struck me, too, is it's like, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. The The ideas it had we're solid, right? It's got like this, this class of people. It's a very typical fantasy thing. It's like magic users are kind of outcasts in this world. Um, mm-hmm. and yet they're still very important and all this different stuff. Uh, and so you're kind of dealing with like, you know, being discriminated against. And, you know, the, the, at one point the MC even says like, Oh, I'm going to go save the town and maybe they won't hate us anymore. Of course, they're still going to hate you. Um, and it kind of like had but this that's weird. Just because he's an annoying little prick, it has yeah. nothing to do with racism. <laughs> he's an annoying little fucking asshole, and that's why everybody hates him. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it like had this whole um, this weird juxtaposition of trying to take itself seriously as like kind of a, a social commentary and or taking this issue seriously in the world because it, that's the thing this entire story is built on, uh, and then this like really weird fantasy light almost for children kind of um treatment of monsters and magic and fighting and all this different stuff like i I was even mentioning to libby when we were watching this like we get to the part that's supposed to be like the the scary tense hype moment of the monsters attacking and you know we're concerned for mc and like things are gonna get really intense now and it was just very much like i'm gonna sit here while you guys talk and then I'm going to attack, and then we're going to sit here for five minutes as I slowly not try to crush you um, <laughs> until just the yeah. right moment for everyone. It's like, oh, it's time? Okay, now, now I'm going to try to crush you, except then you know, just like all this different stuff. It felt just like very it, – it had that kind of manga adaptation kind of staging when like you know in the manga it might make a little bit more sense because it is going frame by frame, and we're sort of like telling the story – motionless if that kind of makes sense um and then when you adapt it to the anime you don't fill in all the in-between of those big moments you just kind of have i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna be crushing you and then i'm gonna be getting taken out and that's just like it felt very the the monster didn't feel threatening at all because it was just Mm -hmm. there (laughs) it was it was it was serving a plot purpose and that was it um 
And so, yeah, it just didn't, it just didn't impress me. The, the one thing that might've impressed me, like Libby mentioned the character design, that was pretty cool. Um, and then there were a few moments too, where so, kind of like some of the quieter moments of like, you know, when he's like scrubbing the side of their floating house and stuff like that as part of his punishment, um, like that had kind of like a nice sort of wholesome feel to it. Some of the art reminded me or some of the designs and the art kind of reminded me a little bit of like, say a castle in the sky, kind of a little bit ghibli-esque even though it was definitely not ghibli levels of like production value yeah um so like they had some decent ideas but just overall it it kind of had that feeling of like yep this is you know definitely the younger end of shonen and it's going to be this adventure and nemesis that's what they were called nemesis sorry sorry continue (laughs) That's all good. I mean, that, that's basically going to be the end of my point. It was just that, like, it had that feel of I'm not the target audience for this. Maybe the target audience will be into it, but it was just it was just another fantasy shonen, mm-hmm. as far as I could tell. Yeah, uh, shonen garbage. Everything you described is exactly shonen garbage. <laughs> There's no no like the character moments that you get only promise that they're not really going to give you any very good characters because they're burning it all in episode one. And then the rest of it's just going to be shit. The plot armor is going to be thick <laughs> and it's going to be absolute. Just it's no, no. <laughs> yeah. By the time I got to this show, I, I was so, I had already experienced the roller coaster. That was Belzebub. I had <laughs> been furious with rewrited. And so we get to this show and I found my Zen place and was like, all right, I am on board for whatever this show gives me. And so we'd be moving along and something would happen and it would make no sense. And I'd be like, well, okay, that's, that's makes sense. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you do you show. Like I d- it, it I makes, it, before, it makes sense that anime kind of way, right? Like you get into this alternate mindset right. where it's like, yeah, of course this is what happens because this is anime. <laughs> I've said it before and I will say it again. What you experienced was not Zen, it was depression. <laughs> Apathy. <clears throat> oh. Anime killed your soul for a little bit, and then you sat there soulless as a husk watching anime. <laughs> it's about what I felt. Yeah. <laughs> uh so Scores for this show are just straight zeros. Nothing about this was good or impressive. The show was bad. Don't watch it. <laughs> yep. Think, Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm in agreement. Zeros cross board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would Same. say, like I mentioned, the production in a few places came close to almost being impressive, but it didn't make up for everything else about it that was average or below average. So. Straight zeros. Oh man, I think I think uh, Ichiban Dashi in chat just captured my sentiments perfectly. I give it a meh out of whatever. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right, so that is all the shows we have to talk about, and you know what that means. Oh shit! We interrupt this program to bring you an important message. Tournament! Tournament! Hi! Hi! It's time for the tournament arc. So, Tom. <laughs> Dean, would would you? I was banging seven gram rocks and finishing them because that's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> 
Libby's reaction there <laughs> was really good. Was that an accident or not? That was that what, what that reaction was. Uh, I should not be trusted with a sound. <laughs> uh, that was Charlie Sheen, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Just... Charlie Sheen banging seven gram rocks and finishing them because that's how he fucking rolls, man. <laughs> Tiger blood. Oh. And also HIV. I'm 90% sure that he has HIV. Dean, since uh, <laughs> since we're a bunch of idiots who have trusted you with the soundboard, uh, would you like to, <laughs> to play the VO that tells us how the tournament arc works? Why don't you understand that anime belongs in the trash? Welcome to the Annie Files Tournament Arc Season 2, which will determine our best and worst shows of Fall 2018. Right now, we're in the group stage, where each of today's shows will be matched up against every other show, and we'll vote for which of the two shows we would rather watch, not necessarily which one is objectively better. The show with more votes wins, and ties are possible. The two shows with the best overall win-loss records will advance to our 12-show playoffs, which will take place prior to our season recap. The show with the worst overall record will advance to a six-show loser's bracket, which will take place at the same time. Now, let's kick off round one of today's group play. And before we actually kick it off, I just wanted to mention for those of you Tournament Arc fans who didn't see our last episode, our Twitch exclusive. Um, Dean, Dean, you're muted. I still don't have a burr 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 sound. <laughs> I need to get a burr 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 sounder. Um, because I need. I think so. We. I, I think that. Sorry, need, I think when you get the clip, it needs to just be the clip of what just happened. You saying burr burr burr. Burr burr burr. Just just saying monotone burr burr burr. Burr 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 burr. But we started the tournament arc last uh, last season because it was summer and summer sucks, um, and so we want to entertain ourselves by doing this. And um, we decided, though, that we wanted to go make an anime of the year uh, mega bracket when we get done with this. So we actually went back and we um, did the tournament art process for um, winter or for spring and fall or winter winter and Mm -hmm. spring. We start with winter, winter and spring. And so after this season, we're actually going to be doing our uh, mega bracket. So go back and catch the um, the sort of brackets we ran through and that Twitch exclusive will be available on the recorded or the, the past broadcasts here on twitch.tv slash XCRC. Um, and that will kind of get you caught up in preparation for that. But moving mega on to bracket. Hype, 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 hype. Yeah, it is going to be hype. It's going to be it's going to be tight. <laughs> We got a few uh, interesting things planned for the production as well, so that's definitely going to be a, uh, a fun episode. But moving on to the present, we have our Group E group stage. So round one, matchup number one. That time I got reincarnated as a slime versus as Miss Beelzebub likes. Slime. Which would you rather watch? Slime. Mm. Dean, Dean is torn. He should not be torn, but he is torn. <laughs> Beelzebub. Oh. Because I watched it. <laughs> Libby? Uh, the time I got reincarnated as Slime. Same here. So <laughs> with the score of 3-1, to one, Slime will win. All right, matchup number two. We have Run With The Wind versus Rewrited. Run With The Wind, easy. I'd say Run With The Wind. 
Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, rewrite it because I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say Run with the Wind. So once again, we have a three-one in favor of Run with the Wind. All right, next up we have Hinomaru Sumo versus Radiant Sumo. Hinomaru Sumo. <laughs> Same here. So four zero for Sumo. There, finally, I'm on the winning side. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, you gotta be true to your heart, my dude. Gotta, gotta follow your dreams. Don't let them be memes, Anna. All right, round two. <laughs> Don't let your dreams be memes. <laughs> uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime versus Run with the Wind. Slime. 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 All right, 4-0 for Slime. All right, Hinomaru Sumo versus Asmus Beals Above Lakes. Sumo. Sumo. Give me them cute demons. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with Sumo, so we have a 3-1 in favor of Sumo. Next up, we have Radiant versus Rewrited. Rewrite it. <laughs> I'd say rewrite it as well. <laughs> I think Ryan's breaking. <laughs> uh, um, oh, f- ah, rewrite it. Same. So that's four for rewrite it. Yep. Cool. Well, I mean, bad choice, but what? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Round three, matchup number one. That time I got reincarnated as a slime versus Hinomaru Sumo. Slime. I'd say slime as well. I think I like Sumo. Slime. I'm going to say slime, but we have 3-1 in favor of slime. All Man, right. my tastes are shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, dude. It's cool. It's no worries. <laughs> All right. Uh, Radiant versus Run with the Wind. Wind. Run with the Wind. Run with the Wind. Run with the Wind. 4-0 for Run with the Wind. All right. We have Rewrited versus Beelzebub. Beelzebub. I'd have to say Beelzebub, too. I think same, actually. That's going to be... Dean, you're going with Beelzebub? I watched both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's um I'll go with the majority. Just put that garbage in my veins, I guess. <laughs> Alright. 4-0 in favor of Beelzebub. Alright, next up we have round four. That time I got reincarnated as a slime versus radiant. Slime. 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 Four oh in favor of slime. Everyone loves slime. All right, next up we have Rewrited versus Hinamaru Sumo. 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 I watched Rewrited. (laughs) I'm going to say Sumo as well, so that's 3-1 in favor of Sumo. All right, next up we have Asmus Beelzebub Likes versus Run With The Wind. Yeah, I think Run With... The wind, too. Elzebub. I'm going to say wind. So that's 3-1 in favor of Rump the Wind. All right, round five. That time I got reincarnated as a slime versus rewrited. Slime. Slime. 
rewrite it. <laughs> I feel like I have to go with the ones that I actually watched. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, it does say because I one, had the choice. It's which one you'd rather and watch. I made it. So yeah, uh, <laughs> three one in favor of that time I got reincarnated as the slime. All right, uh, we have as Miss Beelzebub likes versus Radiant. Beelzebub. Go with Beelzebub. Winning team! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Beelzebub as well. So 4 0 for Beelzebub. And our final matchup Run with the Wind versus Hinomaro Sumo. Ooh. I Which flavor sumo. of. Okay, Sumo. I think also Sumo. Yeah, I think, I think I enjoyed Sumo a bit more. Run with the Wind didn't have a shredded dude! <laughs> <laughs> um. I think if I had to choose one, I probably enjoyed episode one of Sumo better, but I'd probably be more interested in Run with the Wind, so I'm going to say that. But 3-1 in favor of Sumo. All right, so coming in last place and advancing in our loser's bracket, 0-5, it's Radiant. Uh, the second worst show of the episode at 1-4, it's rewrited. I'm sorry, Dean. <laughs> it's okay. I, it, look, it's not good, but watch it. <laughs> uh, the third worst show of uh, this episode, two and three, as Miss Beelzebub likes. The third best show of the episode, which is also just the fourth worst show. Uh, <laughs> at three and two, it's Run with the Wind. Our uh, second best show, or the first loser, uh, with a four and one, <laughs> Hinamaru Sumo. And our best show of the episode with a perfect five and oh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. And uh, Slime and Sumo will be advancing in our winner's bracket. That time I got re-enslimated as a cop. Hell yeah. <laughs> let's let's be perfectly honest. Neither of those shows are going very far in, no. No. in the no, winner's bracket. No, they are bracket. losing immediately. <laughs> so what's well, I wouldn't, this episode I wouldn't is, say they're losing immediately. We say that. The, the seating... There are a couple of shows they could be seated against that they could win against, but they're not going far. Mm-hmm. So we say that, especially and yet not in the yearly. This this episode actually has one of our higher um, averages um, across the shows. Uh, we are at a thirty two point five percent average for this episode. How? Um, it's actually even better than our first episode of the season, which was uh, Group A. Um, had a 30%. This uh, this season actually has like a really strong... Actually, no, our lowest episode was Group D, the previous one. But um, even then, like all of these episodes this season, I guess it just goes to speak to fall being a decent season. I think winter is typically the best. Fall is solid. Summer sucks. Spring is usually... Take it or leave it. Middling. Um, it's, yeah. But like pretty much all of our episodes have been at or above basically season averages as we've calculated them so far, so... I'm so I feel like I'm at fault for bringing up the average because, because well, yes, I injected I injected so much garbage right into my ass like so much steroids and it was it was uh wonderful. <laughs> oh man. But I still I still think uh worst anime of the season is going to go conception. I don't think there's been a worst. Oh yeah, conception. 
<laughs> Conception hands down and uh, most attractive pretty man, uh, easy second place. <laughs> uh. Most attractive pretty man. Second most. Oh, man, this was a stupid fun episode. Thank you, Libby, for being here. Uh, thank you for everyone in chat. We had a really active chat. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of uh, uh, people showed up. Kitty Line and Ichiban Dashi. And I have to scroll up now. Uh, <laughs> me, the butt Brett. I don't know how you pronounce your name. I probably messed it up. I apologized. Uh, Masa. As well as uh, our, our regulars, Termi and Envy and Severage. And Burnsprite was here for a little bit. Um, thanks, everyone, for hanging out. I, I enjoyed having you. Thanks to uh, uh, Butt Brett for, and Puns. For, oh, Puns was here, too, uh, for the follows. Um. Yeah, this was this was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. I agree. I do have okay. a uh, a quick recommendation. Uh, for people who uh also have terrible taste, um, you can check out uh, Demon Dice, who's a rapper who lives in Japan and raps in like half American, half Japanese, typically. Uh, the the their sophomore album the most recent one is, is I've had it on repeat because it took me a minute to figure out what the hell she was doing. And then I was like, Oh, I actually, like this. yeah, I listened, um, I listened so, yeah. to that album and the first song I was like, I don't know about this. And then I listened to the rest of the album. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did you maintain that thought? <sighs> no, I'd say it got a little positive where I was like, I, I don't know why I feel positively about this. That was my same experience. Okay, so <laughs> there's a song the on the album. There's a song on the album called Gang Gang Kawaii that is <laughs> hilarious. I love it. <laughs> oh, we will be back in uh, two weeks to talk about uh, Kittens of the Island of Stars, maybe. Uh, the last time I checked, I still couldn't find subs for that one, so that show may also be getting knocked off. We'll have to see. Ingress the animation. Release the spice. Sonotoki kanojo wa gakuen basara sorato umi no aida and Ulysses John the Ark to rank... Almost had it. Yep, there you go. Well, I'd just like to say, like, thank y'all for having me on. Really appreciate it. Had a sick time with y'all. And uh, if anyone's interested, I do have a blog at gingerroots.net, G-I-N-G-E-R-R-O-O-T-S.net. Uh, it's just basically me having an existential crisis at uh, 25 years old. So you enjoy reading about that. <laughs> or if you are in your 30s and want to LOL at me being a fool, <laughs> it's a good blog. I I really enjoy it's the it. Best, it's the best kind of crisis to have. Get it out of the An way. Existential you, know? crisis. you can enjoy the rest yeah, of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life? What is life? <laughs> uh, 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 Dean, where can people find you? Yeah. I can be found on the internet. 
in a couple of various places. I can also be found in real life, but I'm not going to tell you how. Um, <laughs> I can be found on the internet at Dino Files. None of the characters that aren't allowed in Twitter stuff or any of the characters that are allowed in Twitter stuff. Just Dino Files, just those words. Uh, that the word, it's a single, it's, it's used as a single word. Uh, but there's nothing, no, there's no, there's no dashes or underscores in it, which um, doesn't roll off the tongue as well as spaces or dashes. But Dino Files on Twitter. I also have a show, Dino Files, on Alternative Internet Radio, AARD.io, and uh, uh, that's. Oh, I also write sometimes at the Rogue Blog, RogueFile.com. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at K-R-U-E-G-E-R underscore Chris. You can also hear me on the Doc and Kruger cast, the official podcast of Doc and Kruger Games. And you can find me on Twitter at Xerce and any list, uh, user Xerce, uh, if you want to see what I've been watching, what I've not been watching, what I think about things. Um, at this point, having having done this podcast, I think if you look at the average scores that I give shows, it's, like, way towards the bottom end. Like, my average now is probably a four. Um, I probably shouldn't be rating shows that I only watch the first episode of. That's probably a bad idea, but I do it anyways. <laughs> I That's the whole show that we do! <laughs> <laughs> you just derailed everything. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if you want the podcast uh, without uh, these other dudes and uh, you just want my thoughts on shows, you can find that in, on any list. Oh, man. Um, yeah, this has been episode 46 of Annie Files. Uh, we are a product of Alternative Internet Radio. You can find us and our other shows at AIRAD.io. If you like this show, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon patreon.com slash antifiles we have uh some neat rewards tiers that i just want i don't even remember which tier it is at one of the tiers um i will read your name off in the style that i do the show intros which is to say i'm gonna make fun of you by also making fun of a bad anime we watched and something dumb that uh it had in it and i am super hyped for people to like actually back at that tier because i really love <laughs> writing those <laughs> intros um you can join us on discord and talk about anime music amvs video games and other things there you can use the uh, exclamation mark discord in twitch chat there is a link uh, below the Twitch stream, there is a link in the YouTube description if you're watching this on YouTube. Is that the only places there's links? I feel like... Oh, and also in the show notes if you're listening to this in podcast form. Uh, hey, we uh, uh, stream this show live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Saturdays at approximately 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, except for when we don't. If you miss the live streams, you can always watch them on YouTube. Uh, I upload the VODs to YouTube. You can watch them. The channel is Annie Files. Or, if you're not really about video, you're busy, uh, you can listen to us in podcast form. You can find us on iTunes, or I guess it's actually Apple Podcasts now. It's not iTunes. Or wherever great podcasts are distributed. And also Stitcher. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. because why in the fuck would you use it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will be 
uh, I've already said that. We'll be back in two weeks. To, I already gave you the list of shows we're going to talk about. I've done this uh, outro completely out of order. Actually, we're back in one week. Oh, that's right. We are. According we're to back. Yeah. We're, we are for uh, That's a good catch. Yes. We're back in one week because then it's going to be Christmas. Um, I think this was your best outro. This show is part of the Alternative Internet Radio Podcast Network. For more great shows like this, visit AIR at AIRAD.io.